live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com, and I'm joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. William Cooper of Cigar-Coop.com. Um, William, thanks for being here with me this week. Uh, for those of you who are watching and listening at home, this is not live. This is all pre-recorded. There was no live show this week. I'm sorry, but um, I'm just going to come out and say it, as I think it's fair, at the request of Mr. Cooper and his Phillies being in the World Series, he said, hey, can we record this earlier on so that way for Saturday night it can just be baseball time? And I said, absolutely. So here we are. Uh, we're going to record this, and um, we'll be going back to our regularly scheduled live programming in two yep. weeks on our regular schedule because by then the World Series will definitely be over. So um, we'll be back to live. But for today, it's pre-recorded. And I appreciate that. But really, thank you very much. You know, it was one of those things where I, uh, you know, I know we're going to jinx him. Like, but, you know, like I was telling you, it usually when it comes to the Phillies, we, we're not like the Red – we've not been fortunate as the Red Sox. Uh, it, we, it's been a decade sometimes between um, – World Series for us, so um, you know it's certainly been 14 years. So, um, you know it's 13 years actually because we we won 14 years ago. So I appreciate it. It's uh, I hope I don't jinx them, but um, we'll see what happens. I'm not gonna say anything that may jinx the team, so I'm not gonna say too much about it other than like I'll talk about like what I've seen in terms of yeah. gameplay. Uh, but I'm not going to say anything else. There's a couple of irons I have in the fire that are on the superstitious side, but I'm not going to reveal it because I don't yeah. want to jinx myself. Um, I tried to watch as much of the game last night as I could. Uh, unfortunately, I was out and about with the uh, with the family and friends, and so I caught some of it at the restaurant. It was on the bar TV. Uh, I came home, and I ended up watching the rest of the game at home. So I saw pretty much, like, solidly I saw like the bottom of the sixth to the end. Um, right. So like half. I saw like the second half. So, um, you know, big comeback by the Phillies, first of all. That just needs to be – throw it out there. Right. Big, big comeback. Uh, Justin Verlander continues to – I think his ERA in the World Series alone in his, f what, four or five World Series appearances? His, it's a disaster. It's a six oh seven. ERA. It's like the worst of any pitcher who's pitched like 30 games or something in the world. Something like that. I, I, I forget 30 innings or something like that. So you have, you have that factor. The other thing was the last time a team overcame such a deficit of 5-0 and won the game in the World Series was 2002 when the Angels did it to Dusty the Baker's Giant. Dusty Baker's San Francisco uh, Giants and yeah. now Dusty Baker's Houston Astros. How about that? I'm a big, How about them, I'm a big, I'm a big Dusty guy, and you know, if we have to lose it, I really would love to see Dusty get a, a championship. I think he's a, I think he's a good guy. I think he stabilized the, that mess down in Houston. Been around a long time. Uh, yeah, I, I like Dusty. I think, he, like I said, I think he's good for the game. So I have no problem if we if we're gonna lose, I'd rather lose to him like that. Uh, but Dusty's had, you know, he's had his issues in the playoffs, <laughs> but you know. I could just tell you that Verlander looked good the you know for the first three innings. <laughs> then things just started to completely uh, unravel. 
like I never saw her. Um, and, you know, I figured this ain't our night. And I was basically, I think I made a comment uh, at the house. Like, I think it's time to, we could turn our sets off here, but I didn't. And, uh, you know, this team is, you know, and here's the thing. And this team, I'm glad we, we pre-recorded this. <laughs> Unlike the, I mean, the Yankees were just, they didn't, they had no effort. Maybe game four, they had, there was no effort by the Yankees. The Phillies had a sense of urgency. You could see it. I think one of the things that I wanted to add to was that we were talking about this before. First of all, you and your goatee, a dynamite. You look great. I know you won't keep it after the playoffs, but yeah, you look, you look dynamite. Thank but you. we talked about this. I said, well, something I noticed. You want to talk about superstitions and all of that. A lot of times in professional sports, especially hockey, usually football, baseball, um, it's kind of like an un. No, it's not really a rule, but it's like an unspoken thing. Where like you don't shave, you you grow yeah. it till you lose or or you win it all, right? Right. Um, Houston Astros showed up last night, and a handful of them looked pretty cleanly shaved. And I was like, I don't know if that's a good strategy, guys. And you know, players themselves are usually very superstitious. You know, they're the ones playing the game. I'm like, ooh, that's 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 a strange sighting to walk into the World Series. No, 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 no hair on the face. Now, now, if that was their ritual, here's the thing. I agree, but I don't know what their ritual was beforehand. Maybe that's something they've done. Maybe uh, when they won it in 2018, but they did lose the last two World Series they were in. So it's true. So who knows? I mean, that's that. But I don't know what they're like. I, I'm. I'm not gonna get over, I'm, look. Anything I do superstitious is completely weird and it makes no logic, right? But does it make me feel better? Yes, is all I can tell you. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's all that matters. Like my, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not into like evil spirits or anything like that. You know, but I'm just saying it is. I'm just very, very set in ways when when a team is in in a run like this. And and look, now it's kind. Of, the, I gotta admit, it's changing a little for me because I was like, oh, I'm happy to be here, happy to be here. Now we win a World Series game, and I know it's not gonna be easy. But now I'm like, three more games. Can can something? I mean, this is it's it, it's in within our reach right now, so it's not going to be easy. I can tell you that it's not. We're not going to sweep this series, so I don't think it's going to be a sweep. But I mean, you got one in Houston. Even if you lose tonight, you come back to Philly one and one. You got three at home. If you can at least get two of those, you go back to Houston, ready to tie it up. Uh, well, well, wrap it up. Well, wrap it up. I mean, that's you well, know the mindset there. But you know, in '83. In 83, we split the first two games. In Bo- we won the first game in Baltimore, lost the second game in Baltimore, and then got swept in uh, Philly. So, I mean, just it's, you know, we've been here before is what I'm saying. Yeah, 40 uh, years ago. Of- <laughs> yeah, the difference, the difference was with that 83 Phillies team is that was, uh, that was a, an aging team that got to one more World Series with the, with the run of those guys. I mean, they were getting, they were getting older. Uh, this team, while it's not a young Phillies team, it's certainly a not and as you, old as that team was. And you look at Baltimore. I mean, they had a you know a young Cal Ripken who went on to have yeah. a Hall of Fame career. I mean, it was it was a different time. Yeah, it was a different time for sure. Eddie Murray was still there. That's um, right, Eddie Murray. Yep. You, you know what's funny? We had this pitcher in the in the World Series. His name was Willie Hernandez, mm-hmm. and he was like a middle reliever setup guy. We trade him to the Tigers the year after. He goes on to win the Cy Young as a reliever, the MVP, 
and I believe he was the World Series MVP, but the Tigers won the World Series that year. Had to be one of the worst trades in Philadelphia history, getting rid of that guy. You know, it's funny because you look at the Phillies, right? And uh, who's the captain of the ship right now? It's Bryce. No. Not in, oh, the, you mean, not, not in the clubhouse. The captain of the ship. Yeah, who's running the ship right now in Philadelphia? Dombrowski. Yeah. Well, yeah. where did Dombrowski come from? Boston. Yeah, what did, uh, what, uh, what did he do in what did he do in Boston? Won a World Series. He did. Now, everyone told me he was going to ruin the franchise. Everyone was telling me this. He's going to ruin your franchise. He made great moves is what he did. Now, the one the one critique about Dombrowski in Boston is he did deplete our farm system to to build that team. And I understand like, you know, building a World Series team, yeah. especially yeah. when you have you have the assets and the and the money, the the cash flow. I mean, yeah, you're going to spend some money, you're going to get some good guys, you're going to develop some guys, you know, a couple years, you make the right moves, you build up a team. And we got it, you know, so it's like you look at it like, yeah, well, did we win a World Series? Yeah, I mean, is it worth it? I mean, I'd rather have that one World Series than, you know, have, you know, nothing, you know, and, and maybe ta maybe almost taste it, you know, for like three or four years, you know, because we didn't have quite the right team where we just, you know, to put all your chips in the middle – Go get it, and we did. And I'm happy with it. You know, I mean, teams yeah. go up and down, so it's like yeah. it probably would have happened anyway. So it's like I don't fully fault Dombrowski for that. I think a lot of people gave him a hard time um, about that here in Boston from, like, you know, things you hear around. Also, I, I think it was a little surprising that he was fired as easily and as quickly as he was um, here in Boston. Um, I think maybe we could have held on to him for a little bit longer, and maybe we would have, you know, been in a better situation. I mean, yeah, I mean, he this, you know, it's, I I thought it was crazy when they got rid of him. Now the thing is with Philly, the film system was already depleted, so he. Uh, but the difference is he's got a general manager with him that works with him, Sam Fold. Yes. So he's more in the presidential role, but uh, he has been working to rebuild the farm system. That's going to take. A, it doesn't happen overnight. Um. And but I believe he Dave Dombrowski engineered the two big acquisitions of Castellanos and Schwarber this year. I believe they were all those were Dombrowski moves, and they were the moves we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those two moves. So he's done a really, really, really good job, in my opinion. The fear that people, the one thing I, I do know about his contract though, is he has an out clause um, if Major League Baseball puts the team in Nashville. He asked for that out clause um, because he lives in Nashville, which would suck if that happens. And I get they it, though. Agree to that. But, but we don't – no, you know what? Like you said, you got to think of now. You can't worry about three years from now. You know what I mean? You got to think now. Yeah, no, I um, I agree. I mean, Dombrowski's – he's been around – I mean, he, he got one with the Marlins. He got one in yeah. Boston. I'm surprised he Almost didn't. got one in Detroit. Almost got one in Detroit. He did. I'm surprised that he, he – he didn't. I think that would have been good for him. Um, but you know, now here he is with the Phillies. You know, with three games yeah. to win, you know, he could get a third one here with 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 Philadelphia, and you know, that could be great. Um, I think that they definitely have. I think they have the right people, you know, in the clubhouse, yeah. in the front office. Yeah. I think all around they have a good situation. Houston's got good players. They got Dusty yeah. Baker's a good manager. Um, they have a little bit of a marred history. 
Um, but you know, at the same time, they've they've still continued to to advance to a World Series uh, in the last couple of years. I, so you, you, you the see... problem is there is still there is still some baggage with that cheating team, and you know it's you can't ignore it, right? As much as I think Dusty Baker cleaned up a lot of the culture there, you you can't ignore it, just like you can't ignore the Yankee cheating that happened. You, know, you just can't wipe it aside. It's it's there. It happened. So you have this little bit of a cautious eye. I don't see any evidence that the Astros have been cheating in this series. Obviously, losing a game last night, so. But you can't help it. But I'm not going to call these guys the cheating Astros anymore either. Yeah, I think it's time to to move on from that. If they get caught again, but I tell you what, if they get caught again, they should get stripped of of of, of pennants, division titles, World Series, whatever. They should get stripped of it if it happens again. And the they thing, shouldn't be any lean. The thing is, too, is most teams, whether you want to realize it or not. To some degree, try to steal signs. I mean, that's it's just part of the game. I mean, they've been they've been trying to steal the signs from the beginning of time. But it, there are there are people who go a little bit it's farther technology than they that made should. It, yeah, the problem is the technology yeah. made it different now. So, um, you know, it's like it just stick to the conventional ways, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's also nothing illegal about you. Know, you got a guy. You know, picks up on signs from out in the field or whatever. Like, I mean, that's just that's part of the game. Um, yeah. But you know, banging on the barrels. You know, you know what I laugh about? Like, and again, I hear this: uh, Aaron Judge is clean, right? And we, okay, he is innocent until proven guilty. He's taking. They said he's submitting the drug test all the time in Major League Baseball. I said, one Aaron Lewis just call up a Tour de France rider how to how to get around a, a drug test. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. like, there's ways <laughs> around this stuff. Okay, so so don't say, oh, he's getting tested. That's because. Believe me, that's I, I follow I follow Twitter France cycling a lot. I mean that was and I've gotten very disgusted with the sport because of that. But there were so many ways they evaded these tests in, in the Tour de France and still can. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's not it's not impossible. It's been done yeah. before. Yeah. It can, it's it not can continue been, to be done. It's, it, exactly. I wouldn't say it's all let's not assume it's all cleaned up is what I'm telling people. By the way, what do you think? Oh, so I lit up um a pre release of the El Popo. Uh, so the El Popo, you, you heard of the Viva La Vida cigar? Yes. Uh, El Popo is the second line that they are releasing. Oh, nice. Yep. So, uh, and of course, I use my Cigar Blondie uh, cutter and lighter. That's right. Available in black. Great cutter, by the way. I really, I, I can't, I love the soft fan blade, uh, fan blade flame. It's a little hard to see with my light here, but I love that. And this cutter is a sturdy cutter. It is. I mean, it's very it's just, solid. It's, it's solid. It. it I no like flex. It's, like in the when it's open, like you see that. Like it's very stiff. Sometimes you get cutters and it. They're just like this, and they're just yep. flimsy. This is. I mean, yeah. that's and it, that's it, it, solid. And for someone like me who's you know getting the onsets of arthritis, right? Uh, very easy to just make a clean cut with it. Um, and feels keep good. The blades in the clean. All you gotta do is keep the blades clean on this thing, and it will work great. So I've been using it uh, a lot. I got, you got the uh, silver one. And I think Great. I'll, uh, Any uh, angle. It, it, it stays. Mrs. Smoking, and Mrs. Smoking Tobacco's got the white, right? That's right. She does. She has the white. I have the chrome. You have the black. It's available in those yep. three amazing finishes. Um, our cutters and lighters are, once again, provided by Cigar Blondie Accessories. And you can head over yep. to CigarBlondie.com to check them out and order yours today. Yeah, uh, great stuff. A really cool. Stuff. Great stuff. Really good stuff. And uh, I, I guess I'm very happy. With thank you uh, to Leo for providing some of these to use on the show. Thank you, Leo. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. 
Um, I'm smoking the. Uh, I'm just. I'm going old school. We're not old school, but I'm just. I'm. I'm going classic. I'm going Perdomo 10th anniversary. Uh, Champagne, Connecticut. It's one of my favorites. Just a nice, easy oh, cigar yeah, to get the day started yeah. off. Well, my smoking time started. So. Yeah, you know, I uh, I really like that line um, a lot, and uh, but I've been gravitating lately a little more to the Sun Grown, um, which I think gets forgotten about compared to the Maduro and this campaign, campaign. But there's that that uh, Sun Grown is pretty good. You know, I think the same too. For me, I was <clears throat> I was so set on a lot of Perdomo Sun Grown stuff for like a good year and a half, almost two years. Yep. And then I kind of stepped away, and then from Perdomo as a whole, not like intentionally, just kind of like you know, I that's, I started getting just really surrounded with more smoking and stuff. And then when I came back to kind of smoking Perdomo regularly again, I found that when I started with Perdomo again, I I came back and I went with the Maduros, and I and I found myself in the Maduros for a while, and I had like this whole stint with Perdomo Maduros, and then that stopped, and now I've come back to Perdomo again. And I've been smoking a lot of the Connecticut stuff, so it's it's crazy because like yeah, I do the same, same thing with like multiple brands. Like you smoke something from a brand, and then you kind of like step away from that brand for a while, and then you come back to it. But then you smoke like a different kind of tobacco or a different collection or a different line, and then you stop, and then you go somewhere. So it's like you're constantly like you're in and out of brands, but then like as you go in and out, you're also changing what you smoke when you go back to them. It's not always like the same cigar, so. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely true with that. Um, in fact, it's kind of weird because I'd say this year I've really been smoking a lot more Tatawahe. Um, mainly there's been a lot of smoke that's been coming out, right? But it kind of it even has kind of gotten me back to some of the old favorites with Tatawahe. Um, you know, but and you know, like a few years ago I was smoking a lot of Davidoff, and the only reason maybe I'm smoking less Davidoff is there's been less new releases. So, but what happens when I tend to smoke the new release? I tend to go back and smoke a classic from that line as well. So I, I kind of go back and we'll revisit other stuff in that line. It's just kind of a cycle I go through. Yeah, I I, I totally – I feel you on that. I, I, I agree. I, I, I think I – I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I feel – I go through I go through similar patterns like I was just saying. You know, it's just – you know, people ask me like, well, like have you smoked this lately? And I'll be like, no. And like, oh, why don't you smoke that anymore? I thought you liked them. It's like I do. It's like you just – there's, there's so, and I talked about this the other night um, a little bit with Alec Cuevas on our Smoking Tobacco show on Thursday night. It's like there's just so much stuff. There's so much stuff out there now. It's not like it was 20, 30 years ago where you're like, it, it's, it, it's you know. It's insane how much stuff's out there. And people back then, too, like there was a lot less companies and a lot less cigars and stuff that were, you know, on the market. But people like, you know, if you smoked, you know, Fuente Chateau, like that's what you smoked. You didn't you didn't smoke Padron. No, you smoke Fuente, you know, the Royal Salutes or the Chateau yeah. Fuente. Like that's what you bought. That's the only box you're buying. Now it's like people will buy, you know, a couple of those, a couple of these, a couple of those, a couple of those. Maybe they buy a box of those, a box of these, and a box of those. And it's like, you know, now you get like you got 20 different brands that are probably sitting in front of you at that point. Uh, people are smoking uh, so much more of a variety. And it's hard to just like – it's hard to stay with one brand all the time. And I know that there's yeah. people who still do it. And I know you know there's people who do it. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's just – I just – it's not as common anymore. You know – I think I may have told this story, and I apologize if I'm going to tell it again, but 
you know, I was with my dad once in a premium cigar store. And my dad smoked uh, one brand of cigarettes for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Carlton. Carlton, right? That's what he smoked, right? It was supposedly the mildest cigarette out there, right? And and as I'm going in there, I'm, I'm, I have one of those trays, and I'm putting this cigar. I mean, this, that, it was in that Sherman. I'm getting in that Sherman. I'm getting uh, my father or something like that. Forget. And my dad looks at me. He's like, can't you make up your mind what you're going to smoke? He's like, why are you getting all these cigars? I'm like, Dad, that's what we do. It's it, it's it's very different than a cigarette. Like, there's there's very little. Um, it's not there's not as much loyalty anymore. Um, no. I've heard Fred Ruiz specify that there is brand loyalty, but not blend loyalty. So you know, like like he was saying, there were a lot of people who smoke his Nomad cigars when he had the company, but not necessarily addicted to one line. But they supported the the brand as a whole. And I think we see a lot of that today. I sure. would agree with that. I agree with that very strongly. I think because there are yeah, there's it, definitely people out there. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. You know, there's like there's five brands right now that you could just name right off the top of your head without even thinking about it. They're like, yeah, I consistently smoke stuff from them all the time. Maybe not the same cigar, but it's made by that company. Yeah, and then you know there's. Obviously, we have sponsors, and we do. We, like, I'm sure you're in the same boat as I. We take sponsors on because we believe in their product. Yeah. Uh, and I think most media people do that, by the way. Um, so if we're if we're taking on a sponsor, we believe in the product. We're smoking the product. Um, I don't. And, and the funny thing is, I, I've never had a company call me and say, "Hey, you need to smoke more of our stuff," right? I'm like, because they know I'm smoking the stuff. I'm talking about their stuff, and they know I'm covering a hundred companies too, right? So. But but it's always a, a natural product. Like, I smoked Perdomo for years. I smoked Alec Bradley for years. And, you know, we're, we're, I'm blessed to have these guys as sponsors and, you know, a lot of these other companies. But I smoke the stuff, too. And I'm sure, like I said, I know the sponsors you have. I've seen you smoke this stuff quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's all it's, it, they're all companies that we believe in. You know, it's yeah. all stuff we like, so, and yeah. so it, it's yeah. it's not hard to do. It's easy. Yeah. It's, you know, it's now, like, well, I'm going to smoke Drew Estate. They're a sponsor. Well, that's not hard to do. They got a bunch of great stuff. J.C. Newman, same boat. Yeah. You now, know? I dropped a couple, yeah, now I dropped a couple of 86s and 87s on companies this weekend. <laughs> Who Like, what? what? What do we get that score for? I'm like, it's still a good score. It just wasn't a 90, you know? So that does happen, too. I mean, I dropped, uh, there's going to be a, a score coming out. Uh, there's a couple of scores coming out. People could be a little surprised, I think, about one cigar in particular. Uh, yeah, you released a, a a good amount of reviews this week. Tw- we this month uh, there'll be a min- like when the month's over there'll be twenty nine reviews published, and there was a lot in the backlog because reviews were kind of being worked on during the PCA post dump. So and I just didn't want to oversaturate what we were doing, so I had a bunch in the backlog and a bunch I had to finish. So uh, yeah, this has been a, a crazy crazy month. Um, I do want to give you a little bit of credit on something. Um, talking about reviews, so I had smoked Paladin de Saka last when he when Steve sent out those samples last year, mm-hmm. and I, I took a lot of crap because I was very critical of that on the half little consensus, right? But I also didn't really love the cigar. I was like, No, you didn't. This is kind of, and I told you that. I know. And then you came and then you came back from TPA, right? And you're telling me, Coop, this cigar was great. Like I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, so one of the reviews I hadn't done was the Paladin de Saka that I had a kind of smoking right up this month. And I'm Matt. I smoked that thing. I'm like Matt. This thing is the best cigar Saka's done. I'm like I I'm, I'm I was sold on it. I'm like 
completely different experience than I had when he sent the stuff out. Fanboy. Oh uh, well, Fan I mean, boy. look, I dropped. That's what you said to I, me the last time I. Did I, say, I did. I did. Fanboy. Fanboy. <laughs> but 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 when you're right, you're right, and I got to give you credit on that. Um, and you know, look, I dropped some 88s on stock as this uh, with the Stillwell Stars, which is not a bad smoke score, by the way. But in our industry, it's a death sentence. Well, you know, it's funny because Aaron Loomis told me I suck at reviews this week because I said that I don't like fucking Pepsi. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Pepsi sucks. I, I missed that. I, I missed that. <laughs> I had a, that a thread on Facebook. And I was well, that's like, why you were, yeah. The Pepsi, I mean, I, look, Diet Coke's Diet Coke. I mean, there's this, uh, you know, it's the drink that Mike Francesa drank on his uh, Mike and the Mad Dog for years, and I've carried it over. Coke came first. You know, let's just call it what it is. There's a great commercial uh, from the 80s with Don Mattingly and Phil Negro of the Yankees. And basically, Don Mattingly, who's the younger guy, is embracing classic Coke. And Phil Negro, the older guy, he was like pitching like 45 years old for the Yankees. He's embracing new Coke. And I thought it was just the coolest commercial of those two guys. Um, I think I've seen that commercial. It, it, it's on YouTube if you yeah. Google it. it and, and Mattingly, who's not the best actor in the world, like he's kind of dry. It still works because Negro carries the commercial a bit. He's a little more animated. So it's just a beautiful commercial. I was like, that that's so cool when I saw that. Like, that was a good commercial. Then there was the uh, – there was the um, – speaking of the 80s and the new Coke campaign. I think it was the new Coke campaign. was the Max Headroom, the Catch the Wave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember the controversy surrounding New Coke. I mean, you weren't even born. No, but I, 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 I've been told that like when New Coke came along, it was it was like, no, this this isn't good. So, and there's all conspiracy theories. It was done on purpose and stuff like that, right? Um, But they, remember, there's no internet back then, right? There's no, there's no, I mean, you basically heard about this on the 11 o'clock news is how you heard about this or read it in the paper or the two it. And I'm telling you, this was all over the place. I mean, it was, it had to be one of the biggest stories of like 1984, 1985 when that came out. It was unbelievable the attention that that got. And they, and they ended up going back to the original recipe not too long after, right? Well, then that, the theory is, there's a conspiracy theory that that's what they were going to do all along. Is they were going to come out with it. They want to have a second flavor of Coke. So there's that. So there's a lot of people who believe that. Um, I don't know what to believe on it. Um, New Coke was different. I didn't think it was terrible. It wasn't as good as the original, I'll, I'll be honest. But it was, uh, you know, to mess with, you know. And Coke and Pepsi were in an absolute war in the, the uh, in the war in the 80s and 90s, too. Those companies were at, like, brutal war. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there. But I from, you know, the things that I have retained, the information I've retained, you know, listening to people or reading about. I like to read about a lot of random shit online late at night. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, Coke was, Coke was the thing. Then Pepsi came along. Then it was like the new Coke came out, and that was a flop. And it was like, yeah. it was it was more of a flop than Matt the flop. Um, oh, <coughs> it was. Well, now it's getting close, but yeah. Um, <laughs> now it's getting close. <laughs> I'm telling you, the 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 new Coke. It you can still get it if you go to the Coca Cola place down in Atlanta. By the way. Which I advise if you're ever in Atlanta, go see the Coca-Cola exhibit. You'll yeah. drink like hundreds of sodas and get sick. But it's a cool exhibit. It's a beautiful like hang. It's a good nice place to go for the day. It's free. 
I believe so. Uh, if you go, but to I got f- new Coke. If you go to Five Guys or like Wendy's, they got that special Coke machine where you pick your base Coke. You get regular Coke, Diet Coke, caffeine-free Diet Coke, Coke Zero, um, yeah. and then you can go cherry, strawberry, orange, vanilla, you know, yeah. and whatever. And you can make any it's, kind of flavor of Coke now. <laughs> you can mix. You can mix and match. You can even mix and match and do Sprite and, and uh, Coke. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's Sprite, and you could do the flavored sprites, I think, too, with it. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that was – how did we get on to New Coke? Well, I had said that Aaron Loomis said that I sucked at reviews because I made a post and I said that, you don't that, do that Pepsi <laughs> tasted like um, – we are doing reviews now. They're just not posting. <laughs> okay. We're finalizing. You're not doing co- okay. But I said Pepsi tastes like water and like sweet and low. Like someone had a glass of water, put like five packets of sweet and low in there. And then they did like a splash of Diet Coke, so you have like that that cola flavor to it. But it's like it's it just it tastes like watered down. It tastes super sweet. It just it just tastes like a a very you know very two dimensional flavor, you know. And it's just it's it's just not mellow, you know. I don't hate I don't hate I don't hate um, Diet Pepsi, but I will admit I have to load that up with a lot more ice. It's much sweeter, and I want to dilute that a bit more. Right? Uh yeah. That's 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 what I'll say. It's way too sweet. Uh, I know right yeah, away. I, and you know what I hate too? It's my other beef. Yeah. You go to a restaurant or a bar, and you're like, you know, can I get a Makers and Diet Coke? Okay, or you get, can I just get a Diet Coke? Yeah. Uh, and then they come back and they don't tell you. And, it's, and you're like, is this Pepsi? Oh, yeah. Look, some places you go and you'll be like, hey, Diet Coke, is Pepsi okay? And I'll be like, yeah, they'll tell you. They'll tell I'll you take that. a water yeah. instead. Okay, cool. Then they don't tell you and it's like, now I'm sitting here drinking this Pepsi. And I don't even want it. <sighs> you know, it was um, yeah. You know, it's. it's but then again, I mean, by choice, I just need to say this. I'm a Dr Pepper guy anyway. I only drink Coke like right. if I go to a restaurant, so yeah. I'll drink it there. But like at home, I don't drink a lot of soda. But what I do is I drink Dr Pepper. So that's well, really my poison. The best Coke is Mexican Mexican Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not gonna say Mexican Coke. Yeah, it's got that natural sugar. Thing. I mean, I'm going to be going to Mexico next month, and uh, I'm, I can't wait. This you can get Mexican Coke in Mexico. It's the one that comes in the gla- in the in the old style glass bottles. Yeah. You usually see them at Costco yeah. and BJ's. They sell like the big pack of them, and like the old like the tall glass bottle. Yeah, those are yeah. made in Mexico, and I'm sure you know why they taste different because there is something different about them. Yeah, they they they, they, they it's a sugar. I did a show. Um, it's with pure Robbie sugar Rasmussen. cane. Yeah. Yeah, I did a show with R- Robbie Rasmussen. On, like, he used to do his uh, show called Hearing Our Pairings mm-hmm. with the surgeon. And I'm not a drinker, and they wanted to do a soda pop show. So they, they actually asked me to do the soda pop show. So I brought on different sodas from, you know, different sodas that were rare sodas and stuff like that. And I actually pulled up the Mexican Coca Cola in that bottle. It's in the glass bottle, yeah. Yep. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and you also, when you go down to Nicaragua, you can get that too. Yeah, I'm sure that makes probably a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing yeah. too is what's interesting is, and I think even the Coke outside of the United States and other countries is different too because, you know, remember Nicole lived a, a good portion of her childhood in the United Kingdom. Now it's yep. a it's a discussion that we've had many times in our house where, um, food in general, uh, there's certain things that we eat. That they also eat, and it's even like brand name stuff, but it's completely uh-huh. different because of 
there's so many ingredients and preservatives and things like that that we use in everything all the time that are legal in most of those other countries, especially like England. So, like, they don't use, like, a lot of preservatives. They don't use high fructose corn syrup and all that crap. They'll just use pure sugar Um, because, obviously, you know, it's not the healthiest. It's not the best for you. Uh, So, like, one of the things, like, when Nicole was telling me, she's like, you know how, like, you might go to the grocery store and buy a loaf of bread and that loaf of bread might last you almost a week maybe? She's like, in England, like, if I bought a loaf of bread, I was buying another loaf of bread two days later because it does not stay fresh. And I'm like, what? She's like, it's because they don't load it with all that but crap. They don't. Yep. Yep. Um, same thing with dairy yep. products and, and other stuff like that. She's like, yeah, like, we, we went grocery shopping multiple times a week because, like, stuff just doesn't last over there because they don't put so many chemicals and other things in it. And I'm like, huh. So my, yeah. And my, percep- my perception is I've been to the continent three times. Like, I've been to England twice, and I've been to the continent three times. Um, Sweden, Italy, France were the main places I was at. And those are EU countries. And the EU countries tend to be – Sweden, I don't think it's an EU country, actually. But the EU countries are even more regulated um, is what I'll just say. Like, we talk about the FDA being a problem. And I, I, know, I know it's firsthand because I've done work with the EU for one of my jobs. The yeah. EU is much worse with regulations. Oh, Trust wow. me, it's, 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 it's a thousand times worse. Um, because I was working on a pharmaceutical software project, and we did something for the uh, FDA regulations, and then they wanted to go do the same thing for the EU. And the EU was just an absolute nightmare. I spent a month in Italy doing it. And, and so I'm not, so I was saying is it's probably worse on the continent. I haven't really paid much attention to that, but it's probably worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe it, you know, from even what she's told me about, you know, her time living in England and, like, certain things. I'm like, they're not the only ones doing that either. I mean, it's yep. – um, yep. They are. They're strict about it. And you know what? There's a reason why there's a lot more unhealthy people in the United States than there are in other parts of the world. Because people in the United States like to eat a lot of shit. And other parts of the world, they, they just don't do that. I mean, like, perfect example, you go to Asia, right? You go to a Chinese restaurant here, you know, and like, whatever. A lot of the times, it's not always the freshest stuff. Or But, like, real, like, Chinese people, Japanese people, like, Asian, like, communities in general, like, in their own countries... Like, it's all about, like, fresh, 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 fresh. I mean, like, I've worked with, you know, people who were, you know, immigrants from that over there and, that, you know, live here. And, it, like, they'd be telling me about, like, they were making dinner. Like, I have to go down to Chinatown today to get, you know, like, a duck, like a live duck that they're going to kill and feather right there. And I'm going to eat it tonight. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like, they got to, like, it's got to be, like, killed well, and eaten, like, that day. Like, they got to eat it fresh. That's how people New eat. York, it's a, yo, yeah, New York. You know, the best Chinese meal I've had was in Cuba. Really? In Chinatown, there. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, it's real because it was definitely. Now, all the dishes are more rice based than noodle based, is the difference. But yeah. I'm telling you, it was really, really good, the food there that we had. Mm, definitely, I guess I still think it's the best Chinese food. And I love Chinese food, too. Yeah. The best Chinese food meal I had was in, was in, was in Chinatown there. But that's like another example is like you look at like those communities, like it's the same thing. Like they want to eat fresh foods. Like they, like they kill it and eat it that day. Like. You know, they don't have this, like, oh, yeah, we'll cook chicken from, like, you know, four weeks ago that was slaughtered, and, like, it's going to go bad tomorrow. Like, no, like, they kill it. They eat it that day. Like, it's it's all about fresh stuff. And, like, we do that here, but it's not like it is in other countries. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's just it, it, it's different. It's much, yeah, it's different. And we say a lot about the FDA here, and you're right. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> Even, like, the USDA. Yeah. 
with some of their stuff. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've, I've had a few conversations with people who deal with that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I talked to the guy from Cattle Baron Cigars, and he deals with that with his beef business. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's not so how it is. Like I remember even like talking to Nicole and Jonathan, my brother-in-law, because uh, he lived over there for a little while too, and he, I just remember him like they'll be like, yeah, they'll be like burgers in England. Like the the meat, it just it just it tastes different. It doesn't it taste like different. it did yeah. like it does here. And it's it's, it's the yeah. same thing. It's cow. It's beef. But it, they're like, yeah, the beef does not taste the same over there. Um, no, absolutely not. So it's like even stuff like that. Like you think like, well, it's just beef. It's the, the, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't done it. But you know, according to them, like no, like hamburgers and stuff. Like it it tastes different. It's not like it yeah. is here. So it's it's definitely. I mean, I, I tend to have more fish and chips in in England and, oh. and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that. They love that stuff. They're always talking about the chippy. They're like, "Oh, we used to go down to the chippy." Uh, <laughs> I, there, there was a picture. I think I put it up on Facebook because my last time I was in England was four years ago this week, and I went over to uh, Windsor one day and uh, literally was on the Thames River, and uh, there was a fish and chips place where you could eat right, right next to the river, and I'm uh, smoking cigars there. It was, it was cold. The week I was in England, it was like in the mid fifties, and the, and we had snow flurries at night outside of London, so it was cold that week, but it was good. It's so funny. I wish Nicole was down here because she could talk more about this. But I know, like one of the other things she was saying was like, yeah, she's like in England, like they don't do like a lot of, like, air conditioning is not a thing in England. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, I've never it's been not to England thing. where I needed it. I've never been to England when I need it. But the two times I was to England were both in the month of October. So that's that's probably my explanation there. Yeah, uh, uh, I did need it in Italy. It was hot in Italy. I didn't need it there. Uh, and obviously, I didn't need it in Sweden. I mean, Nicole didn't live in like London, though. You have to remember, like, where yeah. the, it, that it's probably more accustomed there. Nicole grew up in the East Midlands in Northern Ireland. I mean, England. Sorry, England. in Northern yeah. England. Um, you know, I think it's I want to say three hours from London. Um, like very rural area of England. So, I mean, it was, and it's, according to her, a lot of the houses and stuff, like they're all like, you know, really old. It's all like really old stuff. And she's like, yeah, like we didn't like, there wasn't like a lot of air conditioning and stuff like that. Like, it's just not like really a thing like it is here. Like it, people just kind of put up with it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I was a little surprised, like I said, my last trip to where we had snow flurries and I was staying in a town called Egham which is outside of London, and I was staying at one of these old, uh, like, manor lounges, hunting lounges, which was beautiful. And, uh, you know, it was it got cold. It was actually snowing. It didn't stick or anything, but there was, like, you could see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was at night. Yeah. Uh, it's it's on my list. We're, we're trying to go maybe next year. We'll see. It, it's worth going. It's worth going. Um, London's just amazing. Um I I I uh I can't get enough of London, so Well, I mean I've always wanted to go to London. I've always wanted to see like Dublin and stuff like that. So like now that like, you know, Nicole like I married to Nicole, it was like yeah. I'm like, okay, well like, you know, like I wanna go over there because yeah. like you lived there, like you have family yeah. there, like, you know, I wanna like it's yeah, it's more of an excuse yeah. for me to like I really wanna go. And she's like, Okay, like we'll go, we'll go. She's like, It's just like, you know, I gotta go see my mom and then I gotta go 
to do this. Yeah. Like, then we can go to London and like I don't know if we can go to Ireland at the same time. So like that would be a separate trip. And I'm like I don't care. Like let's just go. I want to go. No, I, I mean England. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean another put, cool place to go is uh actually out to Wales and uh Bath. Those are really cool to go. Bath was one of my favorite cities to hang in. We stayed out there one night. Like this is 30 years ago. That sounds uh, familiar. Why is that? I feel like me and Nicole were talking about Bath the other day. Bath is uh, it's in the western part near Wales. Um, and it's famous. It has the Roman baths there, but it's just a really cool city to hang out in. Um, so I had a – and a lot of people tend to do the Stonehenge, Salisbury, Bath tour. Yeah. Like they tend to do an excursion out of London and do that. Hmm. I want to go to um, Cadbury World. Which is in the Birmingham area, and it's so funny because <laughs> it's not the only reason why I want to go to England. But if you ask Nicole, she'll be like, "He only wants to go to England because he wants to go to Cadbury World," which is not true. There's a lot of things in England I want to see. I want to go to London. Yeah. There's a lot of things in London I want to see. Nicole's actually, to be honest with you, Nicole's actually never really traveled around London. She's only ever flown through London because she lives so far away. So she's never even really gone through London before. So it's kind of like the same thing. Like I just want to like it's experience a bi- London. And you can't. It's it's like it's big, and you can't do it all in one shot. Yeah. Um. You know, I this last trip I made, I uh, I did get to do. I wasn't into cigars the first time I went, but you know, obviously I did the pilgrimage to JJ Fox, which uh, is a absolute must go if you're a cigar fan to go see there. It's a, they have a museum downstairs. So you get into the museum. And you're going to say, this is it? You'll spend two hours in there. Trust me, it's so cool to just look at the artifacts they have in there. It's, even though it's small, it, for me, it was like the best museum I ever went to. Uh, I just loved it. So there's a lot of Churchill-type stuff there. I've always heard about J.J. Fox, but I've never heard about the museum downstairs. So I'm glad you said yeah, that. Yeah, there's a pit that you can actually still let you – they have the Winston Churchill chair that he sat in, and you could sit in it. And you could take your cigar and take pictures. They're really cool about it. Uh, but they have old, a lot of old star brands and stuff, Cuban brands. It's really, uh, and it's a great place. They have a great lounge to be friend and staff. Um, and Dunhill and Navidoff are near, near those, uh, too. It's right near, by the way, uh, Buckingham Palace. So, you know, Westminster. So you, it's a great area to go to to begin with. Well, that's good. Nero's Coffee, by the way. Nero's Coffee is there, too. There's a chain of coffee in London. It's great. You know, it's funny. Nicole said something about that today. Because she said, because like there's Cafe Nero, like Cafe here, Nero, I, yeah, it's it, yeah, and well, she Nero, was, it's Nero, it's something Nero, it is. She yeah, was like, yeah, she was like, they had, because she was like, oh, she's like, I'm trying to remember what she goes. They have like, it's not Cafe Nero, but she's like, it's like, it's like Cafe Nero, and they have it in England. That's like popular, and I was like, really? She's like, yeah. She goes, it's funny. Like she's like, we didn't have Dunkin' Donuts over there, but we had like, a lot of Starbucks and like Nero, and I was like, Nero. oh, really? So it's funny. She, we were just talking about that today. Yeah. So I don't want to give away when Nicole works, right? But if you go right across the street from the p- place that she, the company, I guess she works, there's a Nero. It's right. It's directly across the street. Yeah. How do you One know those, that? Because I know where she works. Like the and actual, I went there. the location? I went there. Yeah, I went there. I was at that. And it's right near JJ Fox. It's all right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I don't want to give away where she works, you know, but, but yeah, if... It, the best thing you should you should go to that place because you'll be right near JJ Fox and Nero. The, well, the, the Nero, Nero near where Nicole works is yeah, it's it's, it's a, you could smoke there too because it's an out there's outdoor smoking there. In England, yeah, yeah, in England, smoke on, uh, in England, yeah, yeah. I'm I talking, pe- yo, whoa. When I say yeah, this is I'm talking about 
where she works has a establishment in London. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's what I, that, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did, wait, wait. So you're telling me you you've been to the one near where she works? The the Nero? Yes. Yeah. I have pictures. I have pictures from there on my Facebook page. Oh, really? Yeah. Was this the last it's, time it, you came up here? No, no, London. I'm talking about London. Oh, see, I'm getting confused because I'm like, wait, did you go okay, to that one so, too? So, okay, so let me go. In England, there's a there's a coffee chain called Nero. Because I was Nero, trying to, right? well, I was trying to figure out how do you know that there's a Nero near Nicole? Okay, so there's a Nero. <laughs> okay, there's a Nero in London. Okay. Yeah. And you could you could smoke out there. Right across the street is a, the establishment of where Nick Nicole works. Right. Oh, they have one over there too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't it's know a that. fancy. It's fancy. It's a fancy. Yeah, 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 thing. yeah, 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 yeah. And then down the block is JJ Fox. Because it, it's in the Westminster area. Yeah. Because it's funny. Because where Nicole works now, there's a cafe Nero nearby. So that's why I was yeah. like, "What the fuck yeah. are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. Unless I have the wrong, but I think I know the the the. It's a chain she works for. Yes. Yeah, and it's a very popular chain. Yes, but very it's a global big brand, and they have they have an establishment. In Westminster, right across the street is the Cafe Nero, and down the block is J.J. Fox, Davidoff, and, and Dunhill. It, it, it's like the perfect area to go to. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I think her I think her management perks um, apply globally. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's good to know. <laughs> it's good. It is good to know. Yeah, I I, I would I, I was staying in Egham when I went. Uh, so. Um, that was painful. <laughs> so, because I was, I should have just transferred hotels to London, and I didn't. Because getting to Egham to London was expensive, or I had to take the train. So, which was like three trains. So, yeah, that's one thing she did tell me. She's like, "Yeah, be prepared. We might be taking the train a lot." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "That's how we get around over uh, there." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, and there's different rail systems. Like, there's the underground, which is in London, and then there's the, the British rail system, which kind of connects into london mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i look forward to my time in london eventually yeah. whenever whenever nicole feels like she's ready to take me over there i told him like i'm ready to go yeah and, you really you really uh enjoy it europe's good i mean i've, I've had a lot of trips to have gone like to europe um i haven't gone since i got sick but um because i switched i switched out of an international job role at that point so, oh, okay. uh, but yeah, I, I, and I, I liked going on these trips cause I'd stay an extra weekend or something like that. But, you know, uh, but I had the, op- you know, I still get plenty of opportunity to travel with cigars. So I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm in the same boat, yeah. um, which it's primarily all of our travel right now. Um, I think as time goes on, it, it won't be as much of that just, you know, as, but there's, there's just certain things that we need to go and see and do that are not necessarily an every year thing, um, that as we do them as, you know. But you know, and it, it gets tougher because you can't. You, some of these are really good events and stuff, and you can't do them all every year. No, you uh, can't. And, and you can't. Um, and some in 2023 are going to fall off this year, uh, not because I don't want to go, but it's finite time and finite money. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's one that there's a there's a cigar trip that we'll be taking soon. Um, I'm taking another cigar trip after uh, early next year too. I've already just conf- I'm about to confirm that Monday. We got one more this year, and uh, I'm not going to say much about it. But 
Um, and then next year we got, you guys, we get the trade shows. We have uh, there's a couple of other small things we may or may not go to. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it for next year, unless another um, like a fa- like a factory kind of thing happens. It comes up and we just we can go. Um, you know, some, we don't have anything like that planned, but you know, those things pop up. Um, yeah. So as of right now, no. But you know, that would be that would be like really the only thing that like could come up that you know we, we could, might add to the list, but. Other than that, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a simpler year next year, I think. Um, just because it's just, it, it, you know, it, it, the other thing, too, Nicole and I talked about, it's like, we haven't taken really any trips that are non-cigar related. <laughs> and, like, we're kind of due for that. We also have to well, take our yeah. honeymoon, which is going to be, uh, I'm not going to say where that's going to be. Um because I want to keep that for us, but it's, uh, you know, it's 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 another thing, you know, we, we're going to yeah. do and next year, and so... You know, like that's why like going to England was such a big thing because it's like, it, it's it, it's like a first like major trip we could take that's like not gonna have anything to do with cigars. I mean, we'll do cigars on the trip, but it's not why we're going. So, yeah, I did. We do the family vacation in Florida in May. It's typically what we do. Um, and then this year I had my trips to New York. Unfortunately, we really want vacation. Um, so and that was our first time back in New York since the pandemic. So we're due to go back to New York uh, next year. To, we're not going up for Christmas this year, though. Um, so, kind of bummed on that, but it's part of, part of just too difficult. It's very difficult my day job to go up there at the end of the year because I'm pretty busy in December. Right. So, but I do have the Mexico trip. I have the trip to go to Minnesota uh, in in January, and I'm going to go to Nicaragua most likely in January the festival so I'm, oh I'm, nice I'm, i haven't finalized the festival one yet but I, i'm probably going to confirm it monday so i'm going to have a pretty busy travel uh and then i gotta figure out what pro cigar is going to be that's the the next one yeah you know pro cigar is another one that i, I think we it's I expensive though to do it without like getting invited well it, it's one of those that it's on our list but just Time-wise, how it falls for us next year, I just I don't think it's gonna work. But the year after that, I think is when we're gonna make a decision, yeah. depending yeah. on what schedule looks like, is whether we'll go or not. Um, I don't. I just yeah. we can go. I just don't want to go because it would be a lot of traveling in a short amount of time, and it's just physically I don't want to deal with it. It it you know. <sighs> It's yeah, I I would agree with you on that, and you will go. I mean, yeah, um, you know, and I love the festival, but you know, to be honest with you, it's like if I, you know, the nightlife's a tough on me down there, <laughs> just because it's uh, you get tired, so and get older, so, um, so I don't know what's happened. I don't know what my status is for Pro Cigar yet, or TPA. PCA is in the books, so I I already just renewed already my membership. So yeah, that's. Yeah, that's that's in the books. That's in the books already. So, um, and we talked as a team, and our main team focus is PCA next year. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, um, no good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much where we're at. I mean, we're we're going to do TPE, but um, I think this year's TPE is going to be one of those. We we're, there's going to have to be there's going to be a lot of looking around. And then just paying attention after it's over to see what the industry feels about it, and then kind of yeah. go from there for twenty twenty four. Because I don't, I just, I don't know. It, it, if I go, it's going to be hang out with you, with, with all the guys. I mean, that that's going to be the main reason if I go. It's going to be more social. 
Yeah. It's not going to be the cover. I'm not because we're not. It's to do the amount of video that we did half a half a half a terabyte of video that we shot at, at PCA. I can't justify the cost in doing that for uh, for TP because it's not enough new product. And if I do all these interviews, it's like, I don't know. It's not for me. It's, it's not the same. And you don't have the same stakeholders there or anything like that. So. I just don't feel it's worth sending four guys out well, there. I mean, there, there are more go, brands. Gonna... There are more brands that are going to be there that haven't been there. Most notably, Arturo Fuente will actually be going to TPE this time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's because like this groundbreaking stuff, but I'm just saying like I don't know. What I found be... interesting was that there are more brands this year than there were before, and I was like, that's interesting. But again. I love Arturo Fuente. How hard is it to get Carlito to get time with him at a trade show? I mean, he's a very right? popular guy. Of course, and he and he, he can't walk. The guy can't walk five feet. I mean, so, um, and I got great time with Carlito one on one, but not to shoot video or anything like that. So, but I think, like I said, if I go, it's gonna be more for a social interaction um, rather than cover it. I'll throw a couple articles out there if if you know if TP. Cuts us, comps us, and stuff like that. But, but I'm not shooting half a terabyte of video, either. And then we have to, we have to work through all that afterwards, which is, you know, you saw how much work you've gone through. You know how much work it is post production. Yep. And they don't get, and it doesn't get the traffic on PCA's slowest day. So it, it's, but it's, I, it's not. I'm not knocking TPE. Like people think I'm not. I the time I went to TPE, I had a great experience there. I just couldn't go the last couple of years. So. And I may not be able to go this year because of uh, Pro Cigar. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, yeah. It's definitely on the watch list, right? Um, yeah. uh, one of the things I know you wanted to talk about tonight was the price increases with certain folks and how it, uh -huh. may, and how it may be related to the Cuban price increases, specifically yep. with Cohiba and Trinidad. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll let you kind of start that off. Yeah, so this was a little bit we hit on this with KMA, but I thought it would be a good topic to expand on here. You know, we talked, let's go back a few weeks, shows ago, we talked about um, Davidoff doing a price increase, right? And we noticed that in particular, and, it's now, and now since then it's become much more widely known, that there's been some significant price increases on some lines, not across the whole board, right? But there's been some significant price increases, right? Um, fast forward to this week, and Davidoff basically has start, like stuff has started leaking out on the year of the rabbit. There wasn't anything sent to the media on it, right? But retailers are getting information on this. It's on the Davidoff, uh, the Davidoff uh, website where you can order it, and the year of the rabbit is being priced at fifty dollars a cigar, right? And what was your the tiger rabbit, like 40 45 42 42 42 right mm. so if you go back the first national the first big release of this Chinese Zodiac series was, was year of the snake in 2012 so it's 10 years ago yeah and that's what I went for 31 dollars and yep. we all thought that was wow Davidoff's hitting the 30 dollar mark for this release they're insane one of the best Davidoff's ever done now we're hitting into $50 territory, right? And I'll be honest, since the year of the snake, I don't think anything's come close to that in the Chinese. But these have been popular cigars. Davidoff sells them out, right? This year, 
the price jumped significantly. I mean, it jumped to fifty dollars, right? Um, and you just gotta wonder, well, what's driving that fifty dollar increase? Is it is Davidoff doing it to? And I think has I think the Nev is there's demand for it. There's yeah, demand. I, I remember buying a box. Out I bought a box yeah. of the Year of the Rats a couple years ago, and I think I paid three ninety nine for it. Yeah, it's it, look. Ten count box. Way, it's a beautiful, beautiful. You're getting a great. Some of them haven't been, like, Snake was an epic cigar, but they've been, for the most part, solid cigars and collectible cigars. Um, sure. So I'm not knocking the other ones, right? Snake was just, an, like, an all-timer, right, how good it was. I think the Tiger was pretty good. I never had the original I, Snake. I did was. not like, the Tiger was my least favorite of them. I thought the, I put, really? the concept was great. I just thought the blend was blah, right? Okay. But it sold out, okay? And I started thinking, like, why is Davidoff doing this right now? And... You know, I go back to the Cohiba discussion we had. And, you know, Cohiba, you know, is clearly been – they're doing this because they want to solidify their position as a high-end luxury brand. Namely, they have the demand for it, but they want to be in the same sentence, I think, as a, as a Rolex watch. You know, that type of – you know, those types of cigars. They want to be – the Rolls Royce of the cigar industry, right? Sure. And I think Davidoff's sitting there and saying, "Well, why? Why are we gonna? Why is Habanos gonna get to do this? Why we can't sit back and let Habanos do this? We're Davidoff, right? We we make we are a luxury brand. We've been a luxury brand, Swiss brand, uh, Swiss brand. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of that to say. Let's solidify. And I think Cohiba did the same thing in the U.S. already. With the Spectre, right? But I think this is being driven. I think this is being driven that they are they want to make sure that they are that Davidoff name is synonymous with luxury. And I think this is and they have the demand to do it, and that's why they're doing it. So that's what I wanted to put out there because I think that's what's going on here. I, I don't think they're trying to gouge. I don't think they're trying to gouge the public or anything like that. I think it's they're playing to a segment that they know they can play to right now. Um. Davidoff is one of those brands that I see this happening easily, makes sense, you know, the the way that they market, you know, especially white label, right? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's an upscale brand. It's an ultra-premium brand, Swiss-made brand, a lot of Swiss and worthy companies. Of it. And very worthy of it, yeah. Very worthy, worthy of it. You know, they've been around a long yeah. time. I mean, yeah. it's not like, you know, they're coming out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I can see them doing that. I can see why they're doing that. Davidoff is one of those brands that's not Cuban that's still big globally. Um, they used to be a Cuban brand. Um, now they're not. And, but they're, but they're still worldwide that, you know, Davidoff white label is still, you know, smoked as commonly as anything that Habanos makes, you know, outside the United States. So oh, absolutely. it's absolutely. easy. Like you said, it's easy to see where on a global scale, when you, when you look at those two companies, it makes sense for them to kind of mirror each other. Yeah. Um, now if you were to say like, <sighs> I don't know. Give me a good example. Someone else would be like, well, I mean. Well, let, let's just go within Davidoff. Camacho. You're not going to make a $30 Camacho. That makes no sense. No. Camacho is more the blue-collar brand. So you keep Camacho as you have a, a, a – when Camacho makes some great cigars, you keep Camacho as the blue-collar brand. And now, you know, what they've done with Zeno. I think Zeno has been their big surprise, that re, that Zeno uh, Nicaragua for them. Good cigar, under under $7. And they have they have segments. They, they have brands they can play to those segments. But – don't cheapen the Davidoff. They don't. I think anyway. I like that they're not cheapening the Davidoff white label or black label one bit. I like what they're doing with that. Yeah, I mean, I when it first when it first came out. So 
in terms of the price increases too, I know that someone had messaged me and was like, "Oh, did you hear about Davidoff? They're going up twenty percent across the board." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I talked to um, a representative from Davidoff who I know, and I said, "Hey, can you clarify the specifics of your price increases?" And he said, "There is an increase. They're not all twenty percent." I believe the Winston Churchill line got a 20% increase. Um, and, and he said it was a few other things. He, but the majority of stuff was like a 3 to 5% increase. And there was some that were a little bit more, some that were a little less. But yep. he's like, specific things went up 20%. I think we talked about this a couple shows ago. Yeah. But I, I think there's something driving that one. I yes. think that, yeah, Abe pointed it out. Winston Churchill is a licensed, is a licensed brand. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't do it because they like them. I mean, mm-hmm. the Churchills are getting paid on it, and I'm sure that ha- that licensing played into this a lot. That would make sense. I think yeah, that's that would make a lot of sense. And again, I don't know the details of the licensing agreement, but I think it's safe to say that th- that's what's going on there. And then you look at you, know, you mentioned the the Zodiac series, right? Yeah, that's a very very popular series. For a it, lot of it, brands, but Davidoff is one of them that's very popular. So when they come ar- out with something yeah. like that. You know, that's a global release too, um, not just a U.S. release. It's something no, that yeah, people. Right. That's it's something that people. It, they always sell out, right? So it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, let's just keep raising the price and see where it stops. You know, people people are coming out and getting this thing well, right off the bat. You know, well, how, how how much money can we make off of this thing? It, uh, yeah, no, it's um, you're right. I think that that is playing a lot to it, and you know they're. You know, the thing is, those cigars are not, I don't think, were ever meant to be everyday smokes, okay? No. To begin with. No. Um, I think now they're taking this into this, like I said, this realm where you can argue that for an annual limited edition series, this is the, one of the most premium ones out there right now, if not the most premium one. Can you think about another annual limited that's more expensive or more premium than this? I can't. So they, you know, I think they're protecting. I think they're protecting what that is. It's not a lot of cigars. They're not targeting this for the everyday smoker. And um, you know, it's. I think it's a different. I think it's a different realm. Don't forget, this uh, is also the same company that makes a five hundred dollars cigar. Yeah, MSRP. They make a five hundred dollars cigar. They make a seventy-five dollars cigar. They make a hundred dollars cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so they and people say, well, that's insane. I mean, if you look at certain cars and watches, there's a market. It's, I call it the Rob Report market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with that Rob Report, it's, it's uber luxury. Like, I should say uber luxury. You know, Jeremiah is doing that right now with, with the Mirafell cigars. He's playing to a segment there. And you know what? There's been some competition right now. So I think they're protecting this a little uh, for that segment where it doesn't get cheapened. I think so. I, I think there's some. It stinks for people maybe who want to smoke these cigars, but. I think there's a business reason they're doing this. I think so too. I think part of it is well, first of all, prices of cigars and tobacco is going to go up. You know, yeah, this year, I'm, next I'm sure year, they're anticipating that or, or absorbing it already. Yeah, there's infl- there's global you know general inflation, which is also playing into that too. Yeah. So you, you do have that. So you have you have to put that on the table because that that is happening yep. regardless everywhere yeah. no matter what. And it's cutting then, into their profit margins. Totally cutting into their profit margins. Yes. So the, there is that. You, ha, you you can't rule that out. That is definitely a large percentage of a lot yep. of these price increases. But right. to your point, I don't think many people realize this. 
because I don't think it was covered as much as I think some people think it was. But Habanos was owned, half of it was owned by Altidus. Yep. And that half was sold a few years ago. I think 2019, yep. 2020. Yep. The other half of that ownership stake went to China. That half went to China, yep. So, Supposedly, but that's, I think everyone believes it's China, yeah. Yes. So then you look at, okay, the Chinese market. Um, Chinese market is a, is a market where, you know, there's a, there's a lot of luxury items that, you know, are desirable in China. And, and there's, a, there's a huge market for that over there and stuff like that. Cuban cigars, especially Cohiba, Trinidad, the, the, the top tier names. Very desired cigars everywhere, especially in those markets. And then earlier this year, Habanos puts out a statement saying that they're going to raise the prices. And the prices are going to be based on the Hong Kong market. Yep. So then there was that. And we mm -hmm. were told that increases w with brands like Cohiba and Trinidad would go up as much as 300%. I don't think they all went up that much. I think they all went up. But those two being their most premier brands saw and that dramatic at, increase. Yep. The Cohiba 55, which is, again, a limited release. Yep. They know it's going to be limited, and they know there's going to be a demand for it. They, they're taking advantage of that right now. They are. It's basic it, economics, yeah. And they know people are going to get it. And they, in China, uh, it's something we've been talking about. China has been, it's been taking a lot of the Cuban cigar supply. And there's a demand over there for that. So there's a market for that. And then, you know, you're, you you hear this news, well, there's the, the, this other half of the ownership, you know, is, you know, pretty much, you know, it, it's, it's kind of well known at this point. To, I mean, to people like us, I guess, who, who talk about it. But, you know, it, it's in China. And now all of a sudden the pricing model is based off of Hong Kong. And, you know, I remember I, I went, you know, the last year or so, some of those online sites like I Havana's and Pure Express that sell Cubans online, you know, they had their prices posted. And I remember looking at a box of Cohiba Robustos, 25 and it was like, I think it was like 5 or six ninety nine for the box, right? Which is a lot for a box of Robustos, but, you know, it's Cohiba. After that price went into effect, I noticed that all those online places got a full restocking of Cohibas. They hadn't had anything for a while. And all of a sudden, they got this influx. They had all the sizes again, but the prices had changed. Now, Cohiba Robustos, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I want to say they go for like $1,700. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's not cheap. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even more. And I just, I was like, holy shit. That's a lot. And you know what I said? That's a lot for cigars that, especially those of us in the U.S. who don't smoke as many of them, uh, who smoke a lot of the what the outside the U.S. people call New World stuff, you know, from Nicaragua and the DR and Honduras. and um, You know, there's a lot of issues with those cigars sometimes. So you buy a box of 25, and there's a good amount of them that you're going to be like, this cigar sucked because it was too tight. It was plugged. Yep. It didn't burn right. It fell apart. Because their quality control in Cuba with the Cuban cigars is not what it's been before. It's 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 not great. So it's like, regardless if you have the money to spend or not, I, I'm trying to figure out how do you spend two grand on a box of cigars where half of them might be trash? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. You know, again, I think it goes down to the fact that the market, like the people who are buying in this market are probably completely oblivious to some of the things we are 
as you want to use the word connoisseurs or quasi connoisseurs or whatever. Yeah. That you know they'll overlook things that we won't, and they'll smoke anything um, because it has it's branded a certain way. So I think that that's where it comes down to. I think we would look at it in a different eye with that. I think that's how it's getting they're getting away with. It. Now you know I'll say this like Davidoff with Oro Blanco is one of the greatest cigars I've ever had. Uh, Steve Sock is unicorn. Hundred dollars, the best so- cigar Sock has ever done. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are some of these companies have really justified these price points. Um, other ones have not. You know, you get, uh, and I, I think it's fair. With, with, I think I think it's fair. Habanos has, has been disappointing with their quality control lately. And I think they have, but I think they're getting away with it. Because a, especially for people who can't get those cigars, it's forbidden fruit. Yeah. People are so getting you it want, because... You want, something you, you want something you can't get. Right. Regardless if you're going to have a good yeah. experience or not. You know, Nicole... Imagine... imagine yeah. Nicole brought some Cohiba Siglo fives back from the, from the United Kingdom earlier this year, yeah. and we had a couple of them. And I remember being like, "Tobacco's all right," yeah. but they they both sucked to smoke. <laughs> I mean, it was like sucking I, through. I a, do have a, re- a I do have the Cohiba straw. <laughs> yeah. I do have the Cohiba fifty five scheduled for review in November. By the way, I'd be so very interested to see what cigar- you say. I have the cigar. Yeah, uh, Nick Sirius brought 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 them back from a uh, from the. Uh, launch so um i will be reviewing that and i'm saying it's gonna be like thanksgiving week. it will be you know, thanksgiving week probably is where when that will come out oh interesting yeah so i haven't smoked them yet but that will probably be early november i'll go through those um and it's funny that you bring this topic up because we've we've talked a little bit about different parts of this on previous shows and but you're right now when you start to look at well how are there globally how are their competitors responding to this? Davidoff is arguably probably the closest non-Cuban company to that market and profile and mm-hmm. whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Um, yep. And here it is. Now we see them trying to do it, and I think they're another company that they probably will be successful with the most part because there, I think there is still a demand for you know the high-end Davidoff. Yeah. You know, we yeah. saw Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah. His, now, Jeremiah, yeah. the mayor, they've been around a long time. The cigars that he's re- releasing, I mean, these are new lines, but um, some of them carry a $93 price point. Yeah, and they do. And I'm going to be really interested to see. See, this is where I think it's a little – And I, first of all, I love what Jeremiah is doing, by the way. So yeah, and that's not, that's not a negative connotation either. The, we haven't the, smoked them. We don't know anything about yeah. them. You know, and, and Jeremiah, you know – you know the fam- like I said, the family's been around too. It's not like they're just coming out of nowhere. Like, yeah. perfect example, just to get it out there. Coop, El Septimo. Uh-huh. El Septimo is a new brand to 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 the U.S. Really, I think El. I was gonna, that was my next point. I think El Septimo is driving some of this stuff too. I think that's think a they, part of it. I think it was, they made a big impression at that trade show. Was you like their cigars or not? They had a presence there, mm-hmm. and they positioned themselves as a luxury alternative. And again, if you're Davidoff and you're sitting there and you're like. We're Davidoff. Like again, we're Davidoff. If you're if you're selected tobacco, right? Like selected tobacco had the best boots. I think selected tobacco had the best luxury boots I ever saw at a trade show this year. It was like a Rolls Royce uh, dealership. And I'm and I'm saying the luxury brands. It, 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 probably Davidoff had some great ones. So I don't want to say that, but yeah, it was a Rolls Royce dealership. It was this year. Um, and that's not knocking the other boots. Some of them are just focused on more everyday cigars. And they're beautiful boots. So I mean, I look at this and I look at El, what El Septimo's doing. And you gotta be saying like, man, I can 
I've got tobacco. We've got tobacco. We got the talent. We could do this. I think Jeremiah is looking at the same thing. The one, the one thing that I think is a little, the one thing I and I, I never, I haven't asked Jeremiah this question, so I want to ask. You know, so he's been, Jeremiah's become a very visible person over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's doing the weekly podcast. He's, you know, he's he's much more out there in terms of interacting with him. But most of the people who are interacting and watching these shows are not the audience for that cigar. So the question becomes, how do you build this? How do you build, like, that's going to take a little more work, I think, to build, though. I think you really have to tell the Miraphal story. You really got to work with retailers on that piece. So that's where Reinhardt comes in. I think he'll do a good job with that. I think uh, so, too. Yeah, and if you notice, this is, again, I, you know, I pick on aficionado a lot, but Jeremiah did those videos and stuff for, for aficionado. That was smart. That was smart marketing he did with that. That was smart how he did that, because, like it or not, that that that's the that's the channel you did need to go with something like this. I totally get that. Um, it's not uh, you know, uh, it's not Chris's cigar blog or something. It's not the place to go <laughs> to that. You need to do that with cigar aficionado that has a reach into these other areas. So I I that one I totally get. But guess what? They've always shared the information with us, too. So I, I don't have to chase the information down. So I'm okay with that. I think there's a good reason for that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I was going to add, too, um, you, know, you look at Atabay and Byron from Selected, and you got to say, well, I'm going to I'm gonna assume those, those prices are going to have to go up at some point. I mean, they've, they've stayed pretty close to the same. The last couple of years, I mean, they haven't really dramatically changed. But one thing I noticed is when Alfonso went on sale, the prices of the Alfonso were much higher than the average prices on Adam and Byron. And I think I bet there's going to be a second Alfonso line that comes out. I bet they'll be higher than that, than that original Alfonso. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, but, you know, I think that's so I again, I, I kind of see that because, you know, keep keep your base with Adam, the original Adam and Byron's, you know, what I mean, then you could kind of create this other build this other brand up alfonso i think it's a a good i think think it was a smart marketing for that space um i mean i look at where this brand came in 10 years these selected tobacco brands and it's amazing the job uh that we've seen that company do with united with oliver we said this enough and uh you know oliver works with a lot of these retailers and they get these special high-end humidors and stuff and guess what that keeps in, in, in the retailers that have these are more luxury type of shops you have really some. You have a brand that's now well known that you're getting something special with. I like that approach. I like the approach they've taken with that. It's and they smart. And they started sponsoring lounges. There's an Atabay Lounge and there's a Byron Lounge. Yep. Yeah. Nielsen's been to the. Uh, he's already been to the um, the Byron Lounge because he and, lives near it. And I'll tell you what. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this year or sometime next year you don't hear that there's maybe more. Because um, I just I have to look at it like, well, I mean, if they're doing that and. And those brands are continuing to grow. Like, why yeah. wouldn't they open more if they can do more, right? I mean, yeah. you have two. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just it's yeah. just a basic chain of thought. Like, why yeah. not? Why not? You know, do more, which I'm sure they will. Then yeah. you have to look at okay, so El Septimo again, right? Um, they're another one of those brands that they, you know they've they've said um, it's been on record that you know they they want to they want to compete fiercely with their other ultra luxury counterparts like Davidoff and Selected Tobacco and. Um, even, you know, I'm sure Habanos is, is on that list too. Not so much here in the U S but you know, on an international scale. So 
they also recently announced they want to open. We talked about this like on the last show, the show before. Yeah, okay. they're, yeah. They're planning to open 30 El Septimo lounges in the United States. So it's like, all right, well. So, and I think I would mention this too. This they're missing a key ingredient. Okay, they're missing the story. Okay, that's what they're missing. They're they're, they're saying they're coming out with these premium ultra cigars, but Davidoff's got a story behind it. So like the tobacco's got a story behind it. Um. Habanos has a story, okay? So, uh, El Septimo does not have that yet. And I think this is where they're going to struggle with this a bit because this is an industry about families and stories and stuff like that. You know, and, and to your point, like you just said, when it comes to Jeremiah's stuff, like it may be a new brand and stuff, but he has a story to tell. For two years, they've been po- promoting the Mirafel brand with, uh, you know, Mirafel Cameroon and all that. I mean, it's, yeah. it was it was a brilliant – and first of all, I think it's been a great – it's a win-win for everybody because – Jeremiah shared so much on our shows and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think it's been good, but but there's a story behind these things. Especially Jeremiah's is a powerful story. It's all tried to the family history. And he's a good storyteller. He's, oh, he's an unbelievable storyteller. You know, uh, Loomis and I were talking about when we had him on the show, we just let him go because yeah. he he just – there was nothing we could do that was going to top what he was talking about. Um, and you know what? It, it, it People connected with it. Now – if someone walked in and heard our shows, yours or my show, and goes in and wants to buy an eighty dollars cigar, you know they're gonna like, yeah, you know I heard this guy's story. El Septimo does not have that yet. I don't care what they do. There's got to be a. This is an industry about storytelling. If I was Zaya, that would be the thing I'd be working on. Is get your story about what's going on in Costa Rica. Build a story around it. You know, I'm sure there is one, but you got to build it. You just can't go out there and say, hey, we're ultra premium because we made this lighter that's a. A $5 million lighter, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, good, look. Good for him, by the way. Good for him. He created a lot of interest in everybody. But he, do, do, you're going to build your brand. You need to build that brand around the, the, the way we've done things in this industry for 100 years. You know, and when it comes to Septimo, like, I don't think that – I think there's been a lot of skepticism with them just because of – like you said, like they, there's not really a story and they kind of just popped up and it was like, oh, well, who are they? And they had you know, right. cigars at really high price points. So it's like, well, that's an interesting piece to this. Like, so where – and then there's like people are trying to figure out, well, how does that fit into – but at the same time, I mean, he's got – he's got a lot into it and he's got stuff I, – I think – I think there's going to be some changes that he'll make as time goes on and, and they yep. figure stuff out. And right. and I think that's fine. And I, I think that there – what I'm trying to say is I think there is a place for El Septimo in the industry. I think that they will I, – I, I do too. Figure, I think they can – I think they'll whittle it down a little bit and then they'll just kind of shape it. But I think that they it, have something there. They've created interest. They've created interest. Yeah. I think, I, look, I'm looking at my top stories of the year. El Septimo is one of the top stories this year. I don't care what anyone says. You could – doesn't matter about the cigars or anything. They're, they're putting a lot of money. They're trying to change things. Um, but, you know, I look at, like, again, when I go back and look at Davidoff, it's the incredible legacy of Zeno Davidoff uh, now going and working with the Kellners, you know, and stuff. It, it, it was a marriage, and there's a big story behind that, you know. You know, I'm making cigars in Costa Rica, which I've been to Costa Rica. I've been to the factories there in Costa Rica. It's, it's very it's very boutique and small is what I'm just gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. So it's not the Davidoff factory. Uh, they're great. They do some great stuff in Costa Rica. Some unique things of fermentation, but it's not Davidoff is what I'm gonna say. I think that 
it's hard too because when you talk about Habanos, Davidoff, um, I mean, you're you're talking about names that have been around for a very long time. Now, yeah, they have a high demand, they have high price points, um, they're very globally recognized. I mean, I I, I mean, everybody knows the black and yellow. Cohiba band. I mean, it's yeah. every everybody knows that. Yeah. It's been yep. mimicked by other things. Like everyone knows what that is. Yep. Um. So it, it's hard when you know you're trying to come into the market and play on their level. Yeah. You know, it, it, which is fine. I mean, you know, people are going to come out with ultra yeah. luxury brands, whatever. Like and that's great for business and it's great for whatever. But you know. And, and I don't think people shouldn't do it. They should. Yeah. You know, I, 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 but yeah. it's it's definitely harder to come out and compete with companies like that versus companies like, you know, Espinosa, LFD, you know, even, even Drew Estate. I mean, Drew Estate's a big company, but, you know, their their products are not like, you know, you're not talking, uh, you're not talking like it's price point and, yeah. You know what I'm getting at? You know, it's, it's not still, like going against Davidoff at, yeah. at thirty dollars yeah. a stick. You know, even even some of the Padron stuff is up there. I yeah. mean, it, yeah, they're Padron. Padron's not the company that's recognized yeah. like Davidoff and Habanos, but it, it's definitely hard to come out into the market and sell a cigar for that much, knowing that you're going to compete with people. It's like, well, I mean, if I'm going to spend thirty dollars, I'm going to buy Davidoff because everybody knows Davidoff. Like that's like the unmuttered thing that someone would say well i know Davidoff. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them thirty dollars yeah. they've been around i know them and it's like that's a natural way that the average consumer yeah. would think like i don't know you but i know davidoff so it's i feel safe spending the money because like, they're afraid like well, what if i buy it on like yeah. it? so i mean it's but, it's yeah. that man, yeah. it's, the, it's the marketing mentality too right so it, 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 you, you have to look at the consumer who walks into the shop and is like i want to get something expensive but like you know, I don't know El Septimo. I don't really know about Atabay Byron, but like I know Davidoff, and like that's the yeah. stigma, right? And, and yeah, and you know what? Selected Tobacco has been doing a great job of this over the last ten years. They have the story. It's it's Nelson's story, his passion for aging and his aging techniques, and um, you know, Dave used to tell that story on the Cigar Authority. Oliver's taking it out to the masses, and oh, by the way, Oliver has United cigars and he's got these value price things and they keep, they, they do a good job of keeping you know, different lanes, but Selected Tobacco has that. done a good, say they have the story. And again, if I, you know, my question, if I get a chance, I didn't get a chance to interview Zyder on the KMA piece, but that would have been my question. What is your story to come? Because this is what it's worked. This is what's worked. Now, maybe he'll prove everyone wrong and say, you don't need a story. That'll be interesting to see. I just don't see it happening. Um, I do see him spending money with Scarfish and I don't know, Zaya. So that's another one to watch. See, I'm, I, mean, I keep a close eye on his interaction with Scarfish and over the next couple of years. Does he get ratings and stuff? This is going to be something to watch. Let me ask you a question. Someone uh -huh. said this to me recently, and I don't, I don't know. I've never. And I'll be honest with you. If it seems like a stupid question, uh -huh. maybe maybe it is. I've just I've never really paid a lot of attention to it. Is it true? CA doesn't review any cigars that have anything undisclosed. I believe they don't rank them. Because someone okay. said that to I me. Don't I was think, like, I don't oh, I never really paid I attention. Right. I don't think they – I, I think that could be true, though. I think that isn't a – but there have been companies that have disclosed it to them. Because there's a good amount of cigars that I – I mean, I don't always read the magazine. But when right. I do, I look at the reviews. I see what was reviewed, what was given – this and that 
And there's certain brands, for example, like Atabay Byron, I've never seen reviewed in CA. I, I think that has something to do with it. And I'm just thinking about some of the other projects like Andre Farkas, smaller brands that he – like everything he talks to them about is disclosed. And I've also noticed Selected Tobacco has been a little more open about the blends in the last couple of years. So, you know, there's some they of the stuff you kind of looked at, look at the last press release on the Byron. They, there was a lot more details of the Byron blend that we had never heard before. Yeah, it's uh, Peruvian, Ecuadorian, and Nicaraguan. But I think beforehand it was always undisclosed for many years. I mean, I'm going, I went back to some, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think they're getting, I think they recognize that, you know, maybe you have to do some of that. Um, Why do you think companies so, do the undisclosed? Um, I think they're really worried opinion. about some because they're worried about being copied with the blend. So it's more of a copy thing. It's not like they're trying to hide anything. No. Well, what happens is this, and I think there is a, there's, there's something to that second bar. So if you're using you you come out with this cigar, right, and you're using the rare tobacco, uh, this rare tobacco, that's your secret sauce, right? And you you're getting a supply. You don't want someone else trying to track and down where that supply's coming from. Right. So by undisclosing it, you, you kind of shut the door completely on it, and you force someone to kind of guess what it is, which, is, which I, it can be done. But I think that was a lot of what that had, you know, what, what drove that from some of that. So I think it's a combination of both things. I think it's copycat, but the other thing is if, that's a, if that tobacco is truly a, a scarce tobacco, they don't want someone else trying to grab it and coming in there. And, and you know, maybe if it's a smaller company, they don't want a bigger company coming in and trying to grab it. Yeah, I mean that's true too. Um, I think you're right. I've though. heard there's there's a third theory. There's the third theory, which What's is that? it's forbidden tobacco. It's forbidden tobacco. Oh well, well we won't go there. Okay, but that's the third theory. It's forbidden tobacco. So, yeah, I, maybe. Um, maybe. Maybe I'm just saying that that's another one that's been out there, and I've heard I've heard a dozen companies like. A, accused of using forbidden tobacco and there's no proof so i'm not gonna ever go there and say oh this person's just because i have no no proof yeah and there's I, no guarantee what they're disclosing is even the truth that's the other thing that's kind of like you can make up ecuadorian ecuadorian uh you know but but you know uh paraguayan or whatever. you can say whatever you want <laughs> like there's no way to validate that stuff that's true too and I think yeah. that you, I think you're right. I think some of these companies are, are feeling like they have to disclose some stuff to get a little more recognition. And yeah. I think some of them will begin to. I don't think they're all just going to do it, but I think you're yeah. right. Like some of them, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, could could and it, you know, and that could change. You know, you start getting reviews by some yeah. people like yeah. that, and you know, you oh okay, now they start getting reviews, you get high rankings, and you get more people looking at the brand and this and that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, and that that could be part of it too. That that might be something that changes. Um, yeah. But no, I forgot to bring that up because I think like Al Septimo is another one. I think he's he's undisclosed on most of his stuff. He does, but I guarantee you, if uh, he, he if he if they told, and I don't know what the discussions are, but I could see him. See, it's like, look, you got to tell us what this is. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll disclose this, this, and this. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, you know, there's no way for us to validate. You just have to take it that they're telling the truth. So, right. but I I think. I think El Septimo's key is going to be aficionado. Uh, they are going to have to work that angle more to get because if they if the goals they want to do, there is like I said, we were talking about this in the green room. 
there is a reason why you do go to cigar aficionados sometimes. It's true. Some stuff I don't. Some stuff I just totally don't get. But that's another story. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> I understand. We've like we, I'm not gonna be a dead horse. We've talked about it before, right? Um, look, they've been around a long time. Um, they're probably the most recognized piece of media in the cigar industry. I mean, you can't argue that. You can't fight that. Yeah. Um, they're big. You know, their magazines are on almost every magazine shelf. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, I, I get it, and and they are they are a big deal. Um, and but I think there are sometimes there's certain things that happen that I, I guess I wish didn't, because uh, yeah. it's just it, it it's kind of like well, it, it it I think it makes others feel in the media. I think it just makes others feel like you know well we're scraps. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we've done this, and we've done this. And yeah, we're, then all we're of a scraps. sudden, so- something comes out, and it's like, well, that, that's for CA, though. Cause it's like, yeah. Well, I mean. Okay. Well, I, you know, and I've had some candid conversations. Um, if you're going to give everything to CA, but then you have the single story release, and you're going to come to me with it, you, you're going to get turned down. It's just because one is, I've said it a hundred times, single story releases do not pay the bills for Cigar Coop, right? And I'm not willing to do that. I, I need You have to bring something to me back for the table. Um. So, I mean, I just uh, – so let me uh, – this is a good segue into the other thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. So, Matt, I've had some conversations with you, text messages with you. You, you. You've been trying to increase your news coverage, I've noticed, right? Yeah, we're always growing. Give me an assessment for how well the cigar industry works with media in media relations about communicating information. Give me your assessment, an honest assessment of that. Because I feel like I've been, I've been the only one kind of pulling on this rope for a while. In the media, most companies, you know, when you go to them, you know, and you're like, "Hey, just we are whatever." No problem. They put you on the list. They work with you. You ask questions. They answer your questions. Uh-huh. I would say the, the 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 average majority, from what I deal with, is pretty good. Now, having said that, there is a good portion of companies out there. That I'm just like, I mean, I'm, I don't get it. Like, there's, there's, there's brands that like you, and, and, and I know that and a lot of the brands that I've had frustrations with, I've told you, and you've had the mm-hmm. same exact problem. Yes. It's this, it's this, and there's lots of different frustrations. Okay. And it's, it's on the communication level. And it's like, like there's one big company that I've been trying to communicate with for months and actually for the last year i've been you know put in touch with certain people and i've i've talked to them and then it's like it just like it it just falls through your hands like yeah. sand and it's like why is why is this so complicated why is it so difficult to get information why is it so difficult to get a press release on stuff um and i you know it, and it's like you know even you like there's companies that you still don't you're still not in with, i but, i, I but told then, you but, one i I told you one that, that I still don't get press releases from them, and I have and I see other people get them, and that's because they're not maintaining their. That's because these companies have lists and lists. They have all these lists, and you're not on every list. And what list gets sent to who is the question? What gets sent on what list is the question? And it's frustrating beyond belief when I see that happen. Um, the other problem is they communicate to the retailers first, and then the retailers are calling me asking me about this cigar, and then I'm being told I can't. We can't talk about this cigar yet. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Your retailer has all your information. 
I said, and, and then you read about it, an exclusive in a print publication. <laughs> Next, right? So it's like, what are we doing here, guys? Now, I understand there's certain stories that do need to be communicated to the retailers first, right? Price increases, discontinuations are good examples of that, right? Where you don't want your retailer reading about it on Coop or smoking tobacco, right? You, you, they should be communicated that for. So I think it's having a communication plan with some of that stuff. Right. I, I totally get that, right? You just you want to be sensitive to that. Um, well, can but, I add know, something into that? Yeah. There's, there's actually something that I know you know that we haven't talked about yet, but I know you know because I was told you know. Um, so I'm going to leave some details out, but you're going to know what I'm talking about. But a manufacturer approached me recently about something that they're doing, and they said that they, they feel that because of what it is, they need to tell their retailers first. But they wanted my feedback on how they should roll that out with the media. And they already talked to us about what it is. Yes. So, look, they've already we're, – we're in a no, and we're part of the communication plan, and that's totally fine. That's like, hey, look, we're not just, like, sidestepping – we're not sidestepping the media on this. Like, we work with you guys, but there's a – there's business reasons why they need to do what they're going to do. Makes 100% sense with that, you know. Um, but it, it, then it, – yeah, but there's, and this company does good – this company I would put in the upper tier of media relations. I would they're say really so, yeah. Good. Yeah, they're really, really good as far as that. They've been great to do. And anytime with. you you do need information or you get a a phone call away, they always answer. Yeah, and they'll tell you whatever you need yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah. Now there's some companies that won't do press releases, but if you reach out to them, they are like an open book. Um, and okay, I'm fine with that. The problem is, uh, you know, if, if someone gets to them first, you know, then I'm not really interested in the story. That's the drawback, so I, I won't probably cover it because it's just at that point someone's beaten me by a mile with that. I'm like, well, what am I going to spend? So I have to assess how big the story is at that point if it's worth doing. There's a few brands out there that I actually enjoy very well on a personal note, and the people you know who own them I, I know and I like a lot, yeah. but they <sighs> – they do that, and it's and it's like disappointing because I'm like, oh, dude, I love you. I yeah. love the brand too. Like, I want to cover it. I want to <sighs> promote it. I want to I want to help yeah. you out. But it's like, you know, I, I don't want to have to go digging for something that someone else probably already got out there. And then it's like, like yeah. you just said, it's like by the time you put it all together, it's like, it's, you know, it's already out there. And it's like, you know, there was one company that went and gave a story to a big print publication, and. Media started contacting this person, and the person said, I can't talk about it yet. And we went pretty public with this person calling this guy out the task um, with it because it was like, you know, and he started defending this, saying, this is good for everybody. And I'm like, how is this good for everybody that you've given an exclusive and you can't talk about this to me? I said, exclusivities, Matt, I, I tell you this all the time. It's part of doing media. Media brands are going to get exclusives from other media brands. That is not yeah. the issue. The, the issue is when it's held in embargo for 48 hours, that makes absolutely no sense. I don't see what you're, I mean, I don't see what you're doing in that case. You can't talk about your own product. That's the part. Like Usually my, my rule of thumb is um, I, I'll ask for a couple of hours max or end of the business day. And that's it. I, 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 you know, I don't. I'm not looking to stand in anyone's way on stuff. And I'm, you know, companies have been great about it. But in my opinion, you don't need to go much further than that. The story's already out there. Why wouldn't? Why? Because then other guys are going to be like, 
And I know certain media guys are like, well, I'm not covering that now. Like, why are you sending this to me 48 hours later? Um, I could tell you, and I, I pretty much, I haven't been, I haven't done that. Well, I haven't cut someone unless, again, yeah, it's selective. Certain companies, if you're not big enough, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get the benefit of the doubt with me. If you're, if you're, if you're a big company, um, you know, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt because you're a big company. Um, you know, I'll give you, you know, I can tell you that, you know, but I, I know I can ping Carlito and ask him a question and he'll tell me something. Oh like, yeah. He doesn't do, uh, he'll, he's very open. He doesn't have anything to hide with that. Uh, but he has a, but also some of these companies have a relationship with some of these print guys going back before you were born, Matt. So oh, I, I understand that, that part too. I understand that part too. Uh, like like Carlito, guys, like Carlito, right? But but Carlito will never deny deny you access. No access. Uh, sometimes Carlito will send you on a little Easter egg hunt, <laughs> but but um, <laughs> you know he'll make you figure out a few deals. But but again, no no issues with. That's not what we're talking about. Here. These newer companies who claim that online media is the future and blah, blah, blah. And then the second they, they can get a print – like there's people I'm buddies with, right? And all of a sudden I'm reading about new releases on a print publication. I'm like, what the f – I mean, really? Now, there's some companies have told me, point blank, we're giving this to the print publication first. That, so that, that softens the blow a bit. It doesn't, doesn't excuse it. Um, but I have never – I have never seen – I mean, in my opinion, I think the cigar industry as a whole media relations is poor. It hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse, if anything, over the last couple of years. Um, and there are some companies that do it very well. And there's other companies I just scratch my head. I'm like, what are you doing? Do you act, And I think there's this notion that if they do this, they're going to get a good rate, get a good rating, and they're going to be on an end of year list. And I think that's always playing into the mind. I'm like, no, it doesn't need to be that. You're not going to. More companies get burned by that than if anything. Yeah, I mean. It's tricky, and like you said, it's part of doing business, and I understand that part. And it, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be any any exclusives, or it. yeah. it's like I just think that it it just could be it could be cleaned up a little bit. It it, it could totally be cleaned up. Uh, a business day is is a good example, of because then here's my point: is we have taken I've taken the Charlie approach the last few years. Is that if it's a big enough story, guess what? I'm gonna run with it, and uh, I'll just reference it. And then that that'll be that. Rather than wait like a week, and some companies won't even talk to you at all because they say, "Well, we gave it. We're not going to talk to you. Like, we already did that." I'm like, "Really?" Yeah, so, I, I've seen I've seen that probably one or two times, but yeah, um, yeah, I've it, seen it. I've seen. It, I don't think it happens that much, but it 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 has where you're like, okay, yeah. well, I, I mean, I'll give you a. I'll, I'll name a name in this case. Jay Cutler released a cigar, right? He gave mm -hmm. the story to aficionado, right? Probably doesn't know to call Cigar Coop or have. I reached out to them a couple of times. I heard nothing. I'm like, really? no response. Hey, you know, just like you know, Jay Cutler doing a cigar. Say what you want about Jay Cutler. It's still a, an NFL quarterback. You know, had a pretty decent career and kind of interested in it. Nothing. I get nothing back on that. I'm like, like you're not responding. You're not going to respond back. Respond back to me saying we're not talking to anyone else. No response. I mean, it's just like, you know. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I, I, I'm going to write a book someday of, of the stories I have on, on press press releases in this in this industry. That will be a, it will be when I retire. So because um, it will be a it will be an absolute uh, shocker is what I'll say. With some of the, some of the excuses and some of the rationale. It's ridiculous. Um, I've I I've, I. <laughs> 
I want to read that book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it hasn't even been written yet. I'm like, I want that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I hear what you're I, saying. I mean, it, yeah. look, and it, and it happens, and, it, and it's going to happen. And, you know, it, it always goes back to the comment that Carney made not too long ago when he, he made that comment about it's the cost of doing business. It's the cost of doing and well, I Carney's think it, a good I, example. We get good communication from Carney. I, I understand sometimes they go to a. We don't know those guys a long time. I understand that. So, yep. It's never, but Carney has never denied information to us. No, and, and a lot yeah. of the times, you know, I'll I'll just ask him questions on certain things, and he'll tell me. And yeah. um, you know, if it's something that you know can't be publicly said it's like yeah. I'll, I'll just genuinely be interested so i'll be like hey like you know not even just trying to get a story out. i'm just like hey i'm just right. curious but you know be like you know it's this but like you know can't say anything about it and i'm like okay yeah yeah and i'm like i'm just genuinely interested i'm not trying right. to get it like you right. know a story well, like, Lito did i just want to know he Lito told about the soleil um ahead of time you put something out there it, i don't think it affected anything other you, you you probably put it out there for the first time that this is coming and that was a yeah, good John, job. Yeah, John, did, John didn't even know. It was, he was like, I was like, did you know that Lito just, he's like, I, I didn't know. He's like, it's out there, though. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I said, I'm yeah, going yeah. to write it. He's like, I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, not going to stop you now. Show. He's like, I'm you not going to stop you now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. you said it on a show. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, um, and, you know, I, I was telling you this in the green room before the show. You know, we stopped very early on using our show to announce, make product announcements, right? Yeah. Because we found that, like, you ask, hey, what's new? Oh, nothing's new, right? And, and, and Matt, it's happened at least four times to me in my uh, very early on. Like, the next day, there was something in a big print publication. And you just told me there was nothing going on. So I look like a complete idiot, right? So when I started the primetime show, very early on, I said, those questions will not be answered. Um, and when we do the virtual trade show, we're very clear. If you made it, if you made a deal with the print publication, we don't really want you on the show uh, because we just don't want you, you know. And that's where the whole teaser free thing actually came from. It's because of those types of things where we just don't want to get burned, like looking like a, you know, because again, online media tends to be given the, you know, the prime rib goes to print publications, and the scraps will go to online media. What I'll find, that's the way it works, and it's it's crazy. It's uh, I don't I don't understand. And look, yeah. hey, there's only a handful of people who cover news. By the way, there's not a lot of sites that are covering news. There are sites that are republishing press releases, but you know I think there's other sites. You you've been starting to get more into this. It's not just a press release. Uh, the Half Wheel, uh, the Dojo guys do some of it. I wouldn't say they're full news guys, but there's not a lot of us that do this. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know if you're going on. If you're going on an Instagram live and announcing something, I got to question how important it is. If that's the way you're doing it, so um, you know, it's, it's just, a good point, it's, I guess. Yeah. It's all, I yeah. guess, it's all in how you present it too. I mean, it's got to, yeah. Um, now I've been doing this for 12 years, so now I have, I have some, I have some street creds. So there's, there are times, but I've had some tough negotiations on stuff with people, um, and hard conversations, uh. You know, in terms of, uh, we'll work with you, but we're not going to be used uh, if you don't get your way with with the print publication. So, and look, this industry is a print centric industry. They could, a lot of us have been, they, a lot of them will support online financially and, and all stuff, but they still look at the print publication as the number one thing. I understand it though. I get I, I it. do because again, there's a long, they have a longer history than me with right. ideas. I don't doubt, and I don't, and I don't like. For me, like I don't like. 
I'm not saying that it shouldn't be that way. Like, that makes sense to me, and I get it. They've been around a long time, and that's been yep. the medium. And that was remember, I mean, that was the medium before online was really a thing in well, general. So I mean, like that, way, that, that that was how you got your information. I mean, times have the, changed, the, so it, yeah, it's different now. The way, but, it, the way it was, people knew cigar, uh, Cigarfish and I was a good example because they were the first, right? So I'll name Cigar Fishing. 90, right? 91 they came out? 92? 91, 92, right. So they had relationships with, with them, right? So they'd give them stories. Then other companies would fax stuff to Cigar Fishing out, and they'd just be crossing their fingers that they would get in there with that, right? Uh, and then some companies figured out, hey, if we can't get into aficionado, we'll go through the online media route, right? So we see, just see that with the smaller companies. Then what happens? The smaller companies start to grow a bit. Aficionado starts seeing them or Cigar Journal. I'm not, I don't want to pick on everyone with Aficionado. It's not fair either. But now it's like, well, we want this store. Like, like you don't need to go to these guys. So suddenly I'm like invisible. Like I've become off the grid. Um, and uh, They found a new friend you know, they I, like better. They, they find a new friend they like better. And then they want to come back to me. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, well, what? what protection am i getting here you know like this won't happen again some companies will be honest with me say well guess what this is how we're doing it um and some companies will will not you know yeah and it's just one of those things you just have to you, you take it day by day you take yeah. it case by case you know because yeah. every like again everyone does it differently too so it's not this isn't yeah. a general stim for everybody or anyone who does yeah. anything with ca it's even the people who do stuff with ca first like they all do it a different way in some respects too like you know um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm getting this network of retailers now who start to feed me information because stuff goes to the retailers first that doesn't make any. Like they're taking, like you know, when they say, "Hey, we're coming out with this cigar and it's shipping this week," right? We're shipping at the retailers this week. The orders have already been placed, right? So that's because the reps have been in there talking about this stuff. So uh, in some cases, it's a verbal discussion. So there's no, thing, you know, there's no pictures or anything. But in other cases, they've been sent emails. And I've seen these emails. Like, hey, you know, order this stuff now and save. You know, like, whoa, we didn't know anything about it. And then, then we find out two weeks later when it's on the shelf. And I've had this discussion with Bear. Bear made a great point. Bear's like, that worked in 1995. We're in a 24/7 news cycle right now. It's a different story right now. You can't, you can't operate. You have to change the way you operate. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think that, and that's why I said before, like. I understand, like, historically, that's why it's been the way it is. And, and yeah. in some respects, like, you know, I get it. Like, it's that's just how it is. Yeah. But yeah. I think that there are some subtle tweaks that could be made because times have changed. And I think it just would be better for everybody um, yeah. because of that. It's, it's a 24-hour news thing now. It's not just when someone, you know, picks up the magazine. Yeah. It's yeah. At, at any time, you can go online and read it. You know what I mean? Like, anyone can read it. It's not like, you know, you have to go so, buy the magazine. You can just go online and read it at any time. So here's the most amazing thing. So Half Wheel, who we can argue is easily the, the number one news source, right? I mean, look, look, my own team reads Half Wheel before Coop, okay? <laughs> so I never had I, I know, I know. <coughs> I call him the Half Wheel fanboy club, right? You you get very and, upset, I know. <coughs> okay, at least see if it's on Coop first before you share in a Half Wheel article, right? Which sometimes it is, right? I, I've done that to you. Okay, but that's not the issue here. The issue is. Half Wheel has been – they're bulldogs. No one's more aggressive at pursuing news than they are in any one in the cigar industry. I'm going to be transparent on that. They have not been able to change this behavior. They have not – I mean, they, with all the yeah. effort they put into it. And they're good they at what they do. Been, no, I mean, they, go, they, they go as far as saying, hey, 
our phone call wasn't returned. And, and I've now started to do some of that, by the way. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have Charlie coming on the show next month, and I'm going to be talking to him about it. But yeah, I've started to do some of it, but it doesn't move the needle. It, unfortunately, it just pisses people off, right? I know. But So I'm a little careful how I do that. But, but it does not move the needle. They have not been able to change the behavior. If anyone was going to change that behavior, it's them. They have them be able to do it. And that's saying that that's a hole that print media has right now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, Charlie and Brooks and, and Patrick and everyone that's over there at Half Wheel, they do a great job. Yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 they do it full time, too, which is something that yeah. a lot of people don't realize. Like, they do this. That's what they do. That's, that's, they, they, that, that, that that's is their, their job. <laughs> that's know? their business. And, and they built a very uh, respectable and, uh, I think their their product has really changed over the years. I, I used to think they were more like TMZ um, back in like 10 years ago, but now it's very different. It's a matured model. It's a solid model they have, and um, they do a very good job at that. But, um, you know, and there's some stuff they don't get all the time first, and other times they do because they, they've been a great – but they have not been able to like, – the fact that they can't move the needle on that uh, is saying a lot to me that – um, I don't know if anything will ever change the behavior in my lifetime at this point. And, and I know we had a conversation about this right before the show, and it's not totally inaccurate. Yeah, no, I, um... I, I can push it with some of the new, newer guys getting in. Though. I can push that a little and tell them, well, you're not going to get covered because, you, you know, at this point, you're new, not big enough. You're talking about the newer brands? The small new brands that, you know, um, that do that, right? And they, there's small brands that I'm like, well, I can skip that story and not miss a beat. Small brands that are run by people who have been around for a long time or just new brands in general? Both. Mm. Both. Um, where I could say, well, we're not going to cover it. Like, and I think I mentioned very, I changed, uh, I tried a few years ago and I mentioned this. I went after the shop exclusive market and I called the biggest blunder I ever made in Cigar Coop. My numbers went down one year. And I think I was spending time on cycles with stuff that just wasn't getting traffic. And I, I started doing analytics and looking at it. And now, now, hey, you'll get your store exclusive on Coop, but you got to provide the information the same day. And if I see it somewhere else, if I see it on your website, if we're not part of the story, I'll just skip it and spend time on something like uh, you know, a Fuente story, which is going to get me much more traffic. You know, or, or a Padron story or an Altidus story. I mean, there's, there's an Alec Bradley story. There's different, Drew State. There's different things I'll spend that time on rather than chase down this single store release um, stuff, which is, you know. So I made that decision and I, I took a lot of grief for it, but I think it turned my numbers around tremendously when I started focusing on that at this point. So there's, I know what I could skip a story on. I know what I don't need to skip a story on. Yeah, I. I... I understand where you're coming from with it. I, I've I've had some of that practice myself. I there's there's things that I covered that I know you don't, but at the same time, like. But that's okay. There's things I covered that you don't. Right. 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 That's okay. That's that's you know, this is the other thing, right? So, uh, Riste from JSK Cigars was so mad that I didn't cover the munchies, right? And he started calling me fake news and get you know like guess what? The Constitution gives me the right to not publish something. Right? It, it, it gives me that protection that I don't have to publish that. And if I don't think it fits into my, my model, it's not getting covered. Mm -hmm. It's simple as that. And I have that right to do that. He has a right to pull all press release information from me at that point. He has, not, he has every right to cut me off, but so be it, you know. Um, and I won't cover it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I um, 
I don't think I've ever had anything like that happen before. I mean, I I try to cover everything that I can for the most part too. So if I don't if I don't report on something and someone asks me, I'll be like, I just you know, no one said anything to me. Like if you send it to me, I'll do it. But like you know, not not when it's like a week later. But like you yeah. know, if, if it's within, you know that that day or so, it's like well, I mean, if you send it to me, I can get it out. But like. You know, if it's like a week later, it's like, well, I mean, it was last week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't. No one ever said anything to me, so I mean, it's like, what are you gonna do? Like at, at this point, it's not yeah. worth reporting on. It's old news, so you have to just keep. You have to just keep going forward, which unfortunately, it, it, you know, some people may not like that, but it's like you also have to understand the way our sites work. It's like you can't get a story out, you know, six days later. Uh, I mean, there was one company be. that announced a factory change, and they announced it to three other publications before coming to me and it was two weeks later i'm like done Story, yeah see like I, I, yeah see like that it's already out there i mean what am i doing at this point yeah see there like that a, that doesn't make sense like you know that doesn't yeah. make you, you, you again if you want to give it to one source and then the end of the business they sent it to everyone else that's fine and that's a different you can't go two weeks later another one was a guy a guy who got promoted to national sales manager right gave the story to a competitor it wasn't print media and then, hey, did you hear I got promoted? I'm like, yeah, I read about it on my competitor. I'm like, he goes, you want to cover? I'm like, absolutely not. I said, it's it's not worth my time. I said, and it's, we're not covering it. Um, you know, there's a there's a window, but you can't come to me with the window when the story's already known out there. What what am I doing? You know, I'm not cutting and pasting. You know, and we do cut and paste some stuff. I don't want to say it, but at this point, it does. The, I, I have to move on to something else. It's the equivalent of like when you go to like you know you're at a dinner right you're at, you're at a table yeah. with like seven people right and right. you go oh I got this I got this thing I gotta tell you guys and you start to tell the story and you're like oh yeah yeah we already know about it and you're like oh, all right it's the same thing it's like yeah what it's so, like why am I gonna tell the story everybody already knows <laughs> yeah you know and, 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 and the other industry I see this go on in the most because I cover part of this is is, is entertainment yep so in the entertainment business uh there's People Magazine. There is Billboard magazine and there's Rolling Stone, and they do the same thing as the print publications we do here, and uh, that's the only other industry where I've seen it go on like to this extent where it's it's just it's ridiculous. Um, fashion industry not so much. Fashion industry has the same problem we have with samples, but uh, but yeah, the, the entertainment business is the only other one because those those publications I just talked about have such a hold on things. It's 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 mind-boggling. And they pay they pay for these exclusives on top of it, so sure that's an even another story. They go pay and People Magazine will pay to get this story. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're talking about I mean you're talking about you're, industries where you're talking about is. millions of people who are reading this compared to oh yeah. You know, and if, if 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 your story you're doing for Bob Cigar Shop in Louisiana, uh, like you you gonna send that to me after you you've given that to someone and you're already selling the cigar on your website? I'm like I'm not really interested in covering it. I'm sorry. And by the way, it doesn't get traffic for me. Outside of Louisiana, so, so it's like, sorry, um, we want to be part of this. We want to help you with your story, and we're certainly willing to do it. But, but I'm not gonna, you're not gonna come to me like weeks later because you're not selling your cigars. Yeah, no, I get it, and it's, yeah, I I know that for I think I think for you, like, th look, like I said, there's there's parts of it that I don't love, but like you know, and I wish it would change, but whatever. I think it's a little more frustrating for you. Uh, I mean, obviously you've been around a lot longer and, and you, you do a lot more and you deal with it more often. So I, I, 
I get it. But, like, it's, but I it's funny, and I just throw my arms from. up in the air when you when you tell me to. I just throw my arms up in the air. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time, uh, by that I mean like, I understand like where you're coming from because at least I, right. I I've 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 been there enough you're to know. To like say, I know yeah. what you're saying. Like this is yeah. strange. Yeah. And yeah. there's not. It's there's why lot... so many people quit doing news. I've seen it over the years. There's sites that are going to start challenging the news feeds, and they fall. Most of them have fallen. You've lasted longer than most of them. Yeah, and I don't uh, have any plans on stopping. It's just one of those things where it's like, if I run into a roadblock, I'm like, well, all right, I'll just deal with it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, and some people, I said, they're friends of mine, and I've had these comments. I said, there's no, and I've not this policy about the store exclusive stuff. I have not budged on. I there is no second chance with that. And you could be mad at me. I, I've had a iron, iron, iron fist. I've had to do that one way because if I, if I once I, once I kind of cracked the ice with that. Now, if something went to my spam folder by accident, I'm reasonable. Like, and that's happened a few times. Like, if something goes to the spam folder and it was sent to me, that's a different story. I'll totally make. But I actually now have really been. Che- we actually check the spam filters twice a day now to make sure something doesn't get lost that way. But that happened once a soccer press release went into the spam folder. And he got like, why isn't anyone covering? I'm like, I didn't get it. And he's like, I sent it to you. And I'm like, it was buried in a spam folder. Yeah. So that was. <laughs> so hey, I've been there it. too. You know, like, Steve, that's that's our fault, not yours. And uh, yeah, so it was the one where he was like, the one where he was stopping opening retailers, and he's like, nobody covered this. I'm like, I go, well, it'd be nice if you sent it to me. And he shows me it was sent to me. I'm like, so I go, look, it's in the spam folder. That's a different story. We we make that's something I'll make good at. I'm not. That's not. That's where I'll make shame on you, Cooper. Oh, it's a. I know, I know. Like uh, then I'm getting hate. Why didn't you cover soccer? Like he, he yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like the soccer people when they complain about a review or yeah. It's like you, like I get like I keep going back to Sin Compromiso review. I got more hate mail on that thing. Accused of costing Steve a consensus one year by someone. If you would have ranked him, he would have made the consensus at number one with Sin Compromiso. Like. <laughs> Are you talking about last year? Uh, no, the the sin comp, the original sin compromiso, right? I gave it an eighty nine, and people were horrified. I gave that cigar an eighty nine. it wasn't a, that's not a bad score. It's a good score, right? Yeah. And people were horrified, and like, how can Steve got? How can you? That's one of the best cigars ever. And uh, then the, like he got number two on the consensus with it, right? And someone actually went and looked at the scoring and said, if you would have had this cigar ranked in the top ten, he would have won the consensus that year. Like, like I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> so, I, I, look, I know what you're going to say, and huh? it, it's kind of fitting that we're having this conversation. So I just I just happened to notice I got an, an alert from Half Wheel that a specific thing just went live. Well, you get Half Wheel alerts. Interesting. Okay. Nicole does. There this you is go. Her, this is her laptop. So you take it okay, up with Nicole. Nicole. My laptop okay, doesn't do see. that. Alright. Um not that I don't love you know, those guys over there, they're great guys, but you know They're great guys, yeah, no, they're great guys. I guess like my own team reads half wheel before Coop, so And I like to read I everyone else too, because it's like, you know, you like to but whatever. I am not gonna defend it. I mean I yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. go to Half Wheel's website too from time to time if certain things go up because I'm interested uh-huh. in what they right. have to say. You know? It's but it, it's more so in the reviews because I'm I'm Does curious. Nicole have a Cooper alert? Does Nicole have a Cooper alert? I think she does, yes. Okay, so that's she has all the alerts. Um right. But the other thing I have to say is, like, a lot of times it's it's the reviews because I'm just I'm curious on what they thought of a particular cigar. It's not necessarily for the news. It's uh, well, right. they reviewed this. I'm curious what they thought. So right. this happens to be a review, and it is of the Saka Khan. And let's see who did it. Who did it? Who did it? Oh, Brooks did it. Okay. Uh, oh, so I guarantee you that's a good score. 
Without cheating. I wasn't. Without cheating. What do you think they gave that cigar? Because you know where I, I stand gave, on it. I gave it an 89 when it was the JR release. So I'm going to say 88, which is a good score for them. 91. Wow. that's Now, 91 puts them in play for the end of your list. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say we rarely agree on our review, Half Wheel and I, the ones I've seen. Uh, but 89 wasn't a terrible score for me. It just, I, I mean, it wasn't like Tricky Trocker or Blue. No, I'll be honest. I haven't read all the details because I mean I'm doing yeah. this. So, I, I, so I'm going to read. I, I'm going to read it all. But I was just curious on the score. Um, so I will never criticize a site for a score, but I will criticize it if their write-up doesn't match the score. And I can I can expand on that in a bit, and I'll I'll give an example of that. But yeah, it, the write-up's got to support the score. Is the key thing. So sorry, I was Barry... I was I just it's something caught my eye. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. So when Barry, we knew that Barry was giving that that 102 score to the Alfonso. We knew about that. He told oh, us yeah. about it. Yeah. Right? So, but the problem I had with Barry's review, and Barry could do whatever he wants. That's certainly a thing. I don't think he should have done 102, but there was nothing in that review to make me convinced that that not only was 100 points ago, but 102. There was nothing to convince me in there. Other than he liked the cigar. And made, okay. It was the best cigar you ever had, but why is it 102? Why is it a – where's these bonus points coming from? Where is this um, – why was this a perfect cigar? You know, I, I, that's the part – and he spent more time apologizing for why he was given the 102-point score. Where I think he really should have focused his write-up uh, on, on why well, – I, I felt the write-up was weak on that one, where I think he could have made a statement with that, and he didn't. Uh, but again, we knew he was doing that. I don't want to pick on him about that, but – but a lot of these reviews I'll see. Now, half-wheel reviews, I think, justify the score in most cases. But there are sites I see scores out there, and I don't understand how it's supporting the score. The write-up supports the score. It, and look, it's happened to me a couple of times, and I, you know, but not a lot. I've had a couple of people say, you're saying, you know, but and, it's, I, and, and usually sometimes I do have to go back and explain it. But most times I don't. But I've got a couple of times I've had it. But I see sites, and a lot of sites in general that do a terrible job at that part. So Half Wheel actually does a good job of justifying their score, I think. I, like, I think so, because a lot of the times their reviews I read, especially like the ones that they score really low, because I'm just I'm curious. So I'm like, okay, they scored something to 74. Why did they give it that low? And a lot of times, to your point, the way that their their reviews are formatted, you know. They, they look. They do the review. They tell the story. They have all the photos. And then you get to the end, and before you see the score, you have the bullet points of like extra information, and then you see yeah. the score, and then there's a description in the score that kind of explains why it got that score. So they they take multiple steps to right. say like that's well, the this part is what we gave it. Wanna... But like we had burn issues, and every cigar like it unraveled every time. It was too tight. Like it kept canoeing. Like this is why. Right. Like, you know, like this is why it scored low because the construction was bad. And it was yeah. bad across three cigars that we, you know, we right. all smoked. And, like, they'll even add extra sometimes. It'll be like, you know, like, not that they were counted for this review, but, like, I think one time I read something they were like, you know, three or four additional were smoked outside of the review that also performed really bad. And it was like, you know, the kind of their way of saying, like, even cigars that weren't part of the review were smoked after the review was done, and those were not as well. So it was like, it kind of like what? further right. justified why it went back to this score of, like, yeah, it's the score kind of still stands. That makes sense because, you know, if you're going to give a high score or a low score, 
I mean, you have to. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, as you know, we've been writing our reviews yeah. over here. They haven't been published yet, but they're they're in the process of, you know, a couple of being put together right now. Uh, that's one thing we've talked about. It's like, well, we're not, like we're going to be scoring. We we don't want to just be handing out high numbers. We don't want to just give everything a low number. But you know, we also want we want to be critical, but we also want to explain like, no matter what the score is, why did it get that score? Because everyone's always going to ask, oh, why did it get this? Whether it's high, whether yeah. it's low. <laughs> Whether it's not that bad, but someone thinks it could have been better, or someone thinks it could be worse, it's like why? It's like well, this is why you have to tell people yeah. why. And, um, yeah, and you, yeah, I have a similar thing at the end of mine. Um, why it got it, and you know, I do the value rating thing, which also that's you do. where I yes, you do. Price in. Yes, you do. So yeah, and uh, that came from Stogie Geeks, and I tweaked it a lot when I left Stogie Geeks because it was broken. But um, that's another story. But I think it works. Um, and you know, look, I, I, the one thing I did a f- couple year, few years ago is I said, I'm recalibrating the scores. And I said, 90 points is going to be what's called <laughs> the standard of excellence. You're going to have to earn your 90, right? You're not going to be given a 90 as a consolation prize, right? And a lot of that real scoring has gone down into the 88, 87 average range in a lot of cases of, over the past few years. So, I mean, that's something that, that has happened because I, ca- I calibrated it a different way. Then you got these sites, right? And I'm gonna take Barry's out of it because, again, I think they're 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 reviewing scores that they want to sell and promote, right? Which I think they're very transparent about. So that's not. But there's other sites, right? That I see brands with 96s, right? For people who were dishwashers one week, right? And now suddenly had a, some unknown factory make them a cigar and it's getting a 96. I mean, what the fuck, right? Is I just say this that makes no sense, right? Um, or I see some people give the boutique, like they skew boutique cigars higher than big company cigars. And it's the same cigars with almost the same tobaccos out of the same factory. It doesn't make sense. That's the stuff that drives me crazy. Like 96s, that's, and what's happened is some, now these small companies come to me and they want a cigar review and they get an 87 and they're freaking pissed at me. Right? I'm like 87 is not a terrible score, guys. It was a little lower, but you know, than average, but not terrible. Right. And they, but they, but but some some guy out there is giving them a ninety six, and they think they created the greatest thing since sliced bread. That that's what's happened with with scoring. Um, you know, I, I think cigar authority is a, a completely different animal because they're reviewing cigars that they're selling, right? And and uh, you know, and they have a good media brand, cigar authority. I'm not. They they have good practices all around. So that's not a knock on them. But but there's these other guys. I mean, cigar authority is not reviewing some obscure cigar and giving it a ninety seven. And it's you know usually when you see these ninety sevens are out of some solid brands that have earned a very good. They'll probably got ninety one or ninety two on my site, but that's a different story. Yeah. So yeah, you don't want to you don't want to reward someone because a ninety should be earned. It should be like really earned. You have to work for your ninety. It's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. It it it, it was time. Go. By the way, I was guilty of this early on with the high scoring. So I I I saw it and I said. You know, and then I started working. I, I said, I got to readjust. Something's wrong. Because then I saw people, like, I was just too generous with the scoring. And we, and our job is not to be critical, but it's to be honest. And, you know, I think that's what we do. And I'm, I'm, curi- I'm curious to see when you guys start rolling out your reviews, you know. And I think you'll do a fine job with it. So I'm not concerned about, you know, that. But, um, but yeah, that's. But back to half wheel, you know, again, I, I'll knock, I hear people knock them. Well, how can they give this score? Guess what? It hits someone else's palate that score, and and it's a subjective approach that's being taken with that. And they have a right as something subjective to 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 put that out there. Right. You know I mean, it's their opinion. 
it's your you you have a right to disagree with it, but you know I see names called sometimes at, at you know, and you know that one incident where I saw her in a group, but I thought it was personal attacks are not needed with that. So okay to disagree with that. I mean, Loomis takes a lot of shit uh, on his with his reviews. Yeah, uh, you know people say he's got you know. So I mean he t- and it, but that's part of the territory. You get, you're gonna if you're gonna put something out there that's a controversial review, you should be able to take the criticism. It's true. Yep. And like I yep. said before, like, you know, even if you put some of that a lot of people disagree with it, you have to at least, you know, yep. state state your case. Like, well, this is why, you know, yeah. I smoked three and, you know, it was either, you know, this is why it was so great, you know, yeah. because this yeah, is what exactly. it tasted, it burned exactly. good, and you know, yeah. it was a tobacco that I really like, and it, and it went well <laughs> in this plan. Or if it was bad, you get to be like, well, listen, like, I we did three, and every single time they fell apart, or, like, they were plugged, or, like, whatever. Like, it, it didn't burn right. You know, they kept, you know, burning all funky. Like, I mean, you have to... Tell people why. Don't just be oh. like, "Well, it did. It wasn't that great. Why? Yeah. It just didn't perform well." Yeah. Why? Why? Or why did it perform exceptional? I mean, that's what you gotta. You gotta go with both ways, right? Yeah. And, and, and Matt, here's gonna be the funny one. Okay. So when you start putting out more reviews and you give a low score, then you get the manufacturer that takes that review and they put it on social media. Oh, wow. You know, thank you guys for reviewing my cigar. You know, this. You know, you, but. Fans were smoking my cigar. Do you think that cigar deserved an 83? And then you get, you know what the answer is going to be. Hell no, that cigar should be a 96. And like, you know, and you know the react, and you're trying to basically build that like anti-reaction up, right? Like, like rally the masses with that stuff. So he don't know what he's talking about. I never read cigar reviews. Like, I, I never read cigar reviews, but 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 that Charlie gives like low scores. Like, well, you don't read cigar reviews, but you're talking about Charlie's scores, right? So it's like. You're gonna get that, trust me, because I've, I've been victim of that one. So, like, Sin Capromiso is a great example. Uh, Saka didn't really complain about. It. He, 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 I'd say Saka always thinks I'm fair with his reviews. So, but he put out the 89, and people just went crazy. <laughs> 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 oh, it was like, yeah. Well, at least with Paladin, like, did, I don't know if you saw on the Paladin review, people wrote that, hey, he was very critical of that cigar making the consensus, but he gave a fair review, you know, and Steve actually commented saying he always thought my reviews were fair, so. Yeah, no, so, I mean, that's, that, I I think so, you know, I'm glad Steve thinks so, I'm sure not everyone thinks that, but, you know, <laughs> you do the yeah. best you can, and, you, you know, do. we all you do. do, you do, we yeah. all do, we just, we do the best we can, we just, we just, yeah. and at the end of the day, whether it's reviews or media, or whatever, we just, we call it how we see it, and I think, and you that's really, me, look, I, and that's really what this, the, the basis of this show even began on, it was, there was an yeah. instance where someone didn't it was like innocent. what we had to say, and I said, well, I go, let's just make a statement, and it turned yeah. into a show, but that's yeah, beside exactly. the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, uh, exactly, and guess what, you know, this is where this line with media and influencer gets blurred, okay? Because the influencer's job is to influence and promote the brand. The media's job, while it overlaps with some of that, is to report, right? So, like, sometimes we'll do some influencer activity, but on the, if you're media, your job isn't necessarily to, to just be the good news site. So that's where these lines, and I've seen more and more of the media guys emerging where they're, they 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 put on the ins- the uh, they put on the uh, influencer hat first, and they think that's you know that's the way to go, and and then they want to be considered legitimate media, and it's not the case. Right. No, I know. They're legitimate influences. It's I'm not saying you're not legitimate. You're great as an influencer, but media is a little different. You're playing in a different ballpark with that. So, yeah. No, I think that's very well said. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very well said. I think yep. it's a, I think it's a good note to end on too. 
Yep, I agree. Yep, because uh, I'm getting some calls here already. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean that was a good show. I, uh, you know, I, I, there was a couple of things I know you wanted to cover, and then we had a. We no, had it was good. It was a fun show as always. Uh, a little extra way, banter. Yeah, yep. So put your comments in anyway if you're listening to this as you go, and let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not live. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry for the people who like to enjoy yeah. live. I'm yeah. sorry. You'll get to watch. That's it. why there's no comments here tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it it'll be premiered at its normal time, so it'll be a, yep. it'll be. You'll be able to see it at its normal time, but it's just it won't be live. So, but still, yep, feel yep. free to comment along, and we'll and you know what, we'll comment along too. We'll because comment, yeah, it, it, tag us and we'll comment back. Yep. Yeah, if you just tag us. To, yeah. I'll yeah. get it all over our platforms or whatever, and you can comment along, and we'll we'll probably be watching while we're watching baseball. Uh, yep. Maybe not Coop. His phone will be off, but he'll My get to you. Off. Yeah, he'll, it he'll get your comments. <laughs> yeah, unless, unless the game's over in the third inning. Well, but that I learned not to do that either. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah. All right, but, that, yep. but that's going to do it for Spare Notes this week, guys. Thanks Take for care. tuning in. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe on social media, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts from. Next week on the Smoking Tobacco Show, we got Lito Gomez Jr. coming on to talk about Soli, Solis, whichever pronunciation you want to use. Yep. Um, and that's it. Same time, same place. And we'll see you, we'll see you on the next Spare Notes. All right. Take Bye-bye. care, guys. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.